Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Comment Section. We've been gone for a bit, but we're back with the one, the only year end special episode. Oh, yes. Because right for this episode, we've got our best of 2021. Uh, 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 unorganized lists for you. Oh, and, yes. And uh, ne- next episode, we're going to talk about the year 2022. Oh, yes. Preview what is about to happen. God, I hope we don't get any delays next year. Like, come on. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, but it always happens. In fact, I, I think there, no, there definitely are things that I'm bringing up this year that I've brought up in past years, which, you know, that it happens. It happens. Yes. But you know what? There is uh, one thing we won't be bringing up this year, and that's New Mutants. Oh, my uh, God. Is this the first year not bringing it up? I think, Oh, yeah. man. Oh, I it just feels like a chapter now. has been closed. I know. Oh. That, so maybe that'll make you want to stop listening right now and just go watch New Mutants. What is but, the uh, point of this, going on anymore, I, then? With, I know, but... This episode, or, we're not even there yet. We're not even there yet. This is the best of 2021. Yes. And this this is the year New Mutants came out, right? I think it was last year. And we year. both have... I don't know. Good question. Um, I'll check. I'm pretty sure it was last if it year. Was, if it was last year, then last year would have been the first year we didn't bring it up. But uh, I think we celebrated that it came out that year. Okay. Been too yeah, long. Yeah, New Mutants came out <laughs> August 28, 2020. I see. Man, it feels like just yesterday. I know. Oh, my goodness. Where does the time moment. go? Well, we count down for New Mutants. Yeah, anyway, we got to get... I have my my chai with honey I to soothe my throat. Let's talk about some of our favorite things this year and least favorites. Yes. So this uh, it's nice that we're able to do one of these this year because at the start of the year it was kind of like 2020. And then but halfway through the year we started getting some new movies and well, let's just say end of 2021 we're kind of it sounds like we're going back to the way it was at the start of 2020. Yeah. Yes. Did you see see that like all the Broadway plays are being shut down right now? Yeah, things are definitely starting to shut down again, um, unfortunately. Uh, yes. Get your boosters, and now Pfizer gang officially. Oh, yes. Good stuff. Uh, ditched the J&J crew. Yeah, screw Johnson & Johnson. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think probably will happen with... We'll see, but I mean, could have... Yes, so, we might be having some of the same discussions again that we had yes. <laughs> at the beginning of this year for this podcast. We're supposed to get two Batman movies next year. I want two Batman movies next year. Two movies, yeah. three Batman. I want next year. <clears throat> yeah. All but, right. Uh, again, too much looking forward to the future. This is about twenty twenty one. If anything, this we're is looking a celebratory back the past. Yeah, uh, uh, and we're looking back at this past year and the things that have come out in this last year and uh it's the last episode of comment section for the year yes so i will say real quick um so my sister has been wanting to go see west side story 
and I said I'd go. So that's the only movie that I'm from this year that I still might see, but I haven't gotten okay. around to it yet. So I just wanted to get a disclaimer for people saying, why didn't you mention, if you said, what's that story, he's good later, why didn't you mention it? Because I hadn't seen it yet. Calm down. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe Paul should get invites to some early screenings, or at least get some screeners. Yeah. Um, and I, I will say, uh, since we're doing caveats, um, normally I would introduce this episode as our top ten movies of the year list or yes. something. It's I, a little tough. First of, all, first of all, I have not gone to see a movie this year. I have not gone to a movie theater at all. I haven't seen like any of the big movies this year, straight up. I was racking my brain trying to think of any major movie that I saw this year that came out this year, and I don't think I have seen any. I do have a well, couple we also, favorite movies of the year, but yeah. they are things I saw streaming. Yeah, like, if you actually notice, like, on Wikipedia now, they now count the streaming movies as yeah, movies that I, came I, out. That's, that's fair. But, but yeah. the um, I have some streaming ones on here, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, some of my favorites were things that were only just streaming um well before we get started yeah i have this question i want to throw out i don't even know if if you have one is there a movie it doesn't even have to have been made this this first rabbit hole yes okay it doesn't have to be a movie that was made this year Mm -hmm. but if you can think off the top of your head what is the movie you've watched the most in 2021 oh Oh, I know the answer easily, actually, because okay. this is the year. 2021 is the year that I discovered what my favorite movie of all time is. The the new movie that I would say is my favorite movie of all time. It changed oh. this oh, year. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's now Midsummer, which back in 2019, I think it came out. I think I made it like my number three movie of the year. It would easily be my number one now. Uh it's just it's I keep rewatching it. It's so effed up. It's two and a half hours long, and it's just like a weird comfort movie for me. And I'll say I I've now shown it to some people in my life, and they think that I am deranged. It is a tr- <laughs> it's a deranged movie, and it's amazing. Uh. To be expected, it's my kind of movie that I like. It's is, the perfect is it horror movie. Twenty nineteen, yeah, I think so. Midsummer, twenty nineteen. Oh, why is um? It's a is it also movie. called No Mercy? No. <laughs> oh, that, that's not it's what mi- Wikipedia it's, brought me to. It's M I D S O M M A R. Oh, I was doing yeah, Midsummer it's not, as in the holiday. Yeah. Well, it is like the the holiday. It's Wait, about, what is it called? I mean, how do you spell it? M-I-D-S-O-M-M-A-R. Directed by Ari Aster. There we go. That makes more sense. Oh, actually, um, while you're looking at that. I don't like to own. I should make sure I'm in a good place for the mic. I generally don't like to own physical copies of things, but uh, I did get this 
this year. The collector's <laughs> edition midsummer director's cut. So that's one of the reasons I've seen it multiple times this year is because I I watched it one time uh the original theatrical cut and uh now I've been watching the director's cut which Oh uh, yes. Yeah. Uh it's quite quite cool. Um There's the there's the disc. It's a pretty cool package. But um yeah. This is a lot of people's a, a lot of people love this movie and that's what I'm trying to explain to my loved ones as well is that like <laughs> I'm not the only deranged person. This is an extremely highly rated beloved movie that people find very moving in both a, a negative way cuz it's traumatically like uh horrifying but also in like a, just the 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 allegories and meanings behind it are can be kind of uh um not touching that makes it sound like it's a positive they can be <laughs> impactful to people oh yes so midsummer as the one you've watched the most this year to to be fair i think i've watched midsummer maybe 3 times this year and i don't think there's i don't know if there is a movie i've seen even 2 times other than that Oh, actually, no. There's something I saw twice. But uh, it's on my list. So okay. it's something that came out this year. So I was thinking about what is the movie I've watched the most this year? And <laughs> are you ready for a plot twist to this show? Yeah. Because at the beginning of 2021... I never would have thought I'd say this. I never even thought I'd say this two years ago or a year ago. Yeah. The two movies I've watched the most this year actually ended up being Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because which, that is one big plot twist. Yes. That's, which is that you like... Was it officially... You decided basically you like Endgame now. Yes. I mean, there's okay. still some issues I have with it, but overall, I can say I enjoy Avengers Endgame. I yeah. mean, I don't put it as high as some other ones. I put it kind of mm-hmm. a mid-level, but overall, I enjoyed <clears throat> Avengers mm-hmm. Endgame. It's definitely better than Age of Ultron. And I guess that's yeah. really all you can ask for. It's better than Age of Ultron or Iron Man 2 or Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Um Yes. That's a low bar coming from you, but I'm glad to hear it. Yes. So, and I gotta say, every time I watch it, I like it more and more. Mm-hmm. So, shall we start off with our worst of the year? <laughs> sure. Um, so, how many do you I, have? I have two. I have six. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll start us off just to do a quick one, because I have one worst tv experience and one worst movie okay um and while you're listing off some of the other ones i'm gonna have to remember what the worst i blocked out the worst movie i've seen i thought it was so bad i'm gonna look (laughs) up a synopsis again but the worst show i talked about i'm not gonna talk about it much because i talked about it like as a whole topic in an episode it's the watch the tv series the incredibly bad adaption comments on that one on that on youtube Oh, uh, really? We earned uh, some subscribers from your review of that. Oh, yeah. 
terrible. I wait Fellow till they hear my Star Wars opinions. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I that's all I have to say about it. Um, I'll talk about in an upcoming thing. Uh, that is maybe a silver lining to this whole thing that makes me just kind of able to ignore this. Like, this is a bad Terry Pratchett adaption, whatever. Um, so, bad. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, y- you hated a lot of stuff this year. Yes, <laughs> so you I should, literally uh... have. I had to delete one, because <laughs> one I had on there was okay. When I was going through the list... Mm-hmm. I was just like, it's just kind of, eh. but I literally have six bad ones, six good ones. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, what's the first one you want to bring up? All right. So we'll go in reverse order. Number six. For my worst film of 2021 is a musical I was dragged to by my sister. It is the film Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, yes. I've heard lots of bad things about yeah. this. Now, I just want to say something, first of all. <clears throat> the dude's age had nothing to do with it. Like, mm-hmm. I'll just... Overall, casting older actors to play high school students is better. It just is. Uh, they can give more, better performances. They have a stronger presence. It just is. Mm-hmm. There was only one time... That I was like, oh, this doesn't feel right. Which is that some of the friends felt a little like looked a bit younger than he did. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, that's where it didn't work. But overall, that wasn't the problem with the movie. The problem with the movie, besides the fact that the plot is a little odd, is that it's like a movie of like two different identities. One is it's trying to be this grounded, realistic movie. It's shattered when they start breaking out into song. It's like um, like Amy Adams is trying to be so grounded and realistic, and this dude is just singing to her, and it's just like, make up your mind. I, don't think like, I, realized, I don't think I realized Amy Adams was in it. Oh, yes. Um, it just, it's, it's like a weird plot, too, but it's just like, yeah. what are you trying to be? Are you a musical, or are you... Trying to be this grounded drama. Choose one, because you can't do both. You can't. Yeah, it's that's, just... that's what I was thinking. I think that's maybe the attitude they went in, is that they were like, we can do both. But I think the answer is probably, no, you can't, because if you're handling subjects like that, it's really weird when you just break out into song. Yes. I mean, what I heard other people say that I agree, what would have been better would have just been for them to record the play the way it is where they are bigger and like um more energetic on stage than they would have been in a movie yeah so yeah number six my sister got mad when i said that because she liked the movie i'm like "Eh, i didn't like it but dear evan hansen what did it get on i thought i thought that movie was extremely panned but maybe it's just the bubble i'm in it got Um, pretty bad reviews i think okay the dude I don't think it's justified, but the dude's going to obviously get a Razzie. <laughs> oh. Let's see. What is on yeah, Rotten it's, Tomatoes? It's not It has great. a 30%, so pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah, not great. Again, um, my issues with the film are more... Mm-hmm. And I it think It doesn't know fair. what it wants to be. Yeah. Uh, well, I will let you... 
I'll wait till y- around right before your number one or whatever to say mine, so you can go off on all of these. All right, number five is a Disney animated film. It is Raya and the Last Dragon. Now, mm-hmm. I tried, and I'll, I'll just say I appreciate that Disney tried something out of their wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Because it is a very different movie from what they usually do. But for me, the plot was a bit uninteresting. The dragon character was more annoying than funny. I it just it just didn't work for me. Like I know it has it, it's probably gonna win the Oscar for best animated film. Like what was uh Raya like it has very high reviews. <clears throat> yeah, I haven't seen this, so no yeah, it has 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. It, oh, really? Huh. It just... Yeah, it looks interesting to me, but I just... I haven't seen it. It's just... I appreciate them trying something different. It just, for me, didn't work. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. Number four. <laughs> well, we talked about Disney. Let's talk about Pixar. Because Pixar really crapped the bed this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is the film Luca. It is cars, but with people. It's all about... <laughs> okay. No, we talk about how um, what a good dinosaur felt like a knockoff of the Lion King. Yeah. This felt like a knockoff of the Little Mermaid and Cars. Because... It's, I, it's, I'm having trouble picturing how it's like Cars, but interesting. Okay. Because, again, I have not seen this. Yeah. Uh, count yourself lucky. It's crap. <laughs> I, have a, I have a way for not watching the bad Pixar movies. I know. Lucky you. Lucky you for avoiding them. <laughs> like you, you've, Have you seen Cars 2? Yeah. I mean, a long time ago. Yeah, but you haven't seen Toy Story 4. You haven't seen yeah. The Good Dinosaur. You haven't seen, haven't Cars, seen 3. Cars 3. You haven't seen Luca. Luck, lucky you. I, w- <laughs> I wish yeah. the last Pixar movie I saw was Soul. <laughs> Yeah. Lucky, lucky you. But it's about some kid go some kid from the sea who goes, he's a fish person. They can go up onto the land. Never explained why or whatever. Because plot means nothing. The whole movie is about preparing for a freaking race so they can win a scooter oh. and travel around the world. To which I say, yeah. hey kids, a scooter's only gonna get you so far when seventy five percent of the world is water, but whatever. They don't need the scooter. They're water people. They can swim for God's <laughs> sakes. It's about a scooter. Interesting. Yes, it's about a race, like cars. Yeah. The whole movie is just montage and montage of them preparing for a race, and hmm. that's bizarre and not what I thought that movie would be about. Oh, I had no idea either. But it's just, yeah, I like Pixar. They. They can't do more than one movie a year. They just can't. Yeah. Like, we talked about, like, either it was going to be Onward or Soul that was going to be bad. And it turned out they were both great, but then they kind of crapped out Luca. Yeah. And I, I'm sorry. There were some Pixar employees that were upset that went straight to Disney+. Plus. I'm sorry. That piece of crap didn't deserve to be in the movie theaters because it sucked. And I guarantee you it would have worse reviews if people had actually paid to see it instead of watching <laughs> it for free on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. It just 
I'll say it. It's one of Pixar's most half-assed films. <clears throat> I felt like there was no effort in this movie. Like, yeah. visually, I like how cartoony some of the characters look. Like, it, it's real uh, departure yeah. from the Pixar style. But yeah. other than that, like, the plot is just... Guys, what yeah. are you doing? You're talking about this way the way I fully expected us to be talking about Onward. Yes! <laughs> this is like, I, it had human characters, sort of uh, humanoid characters. We, we thought it was going to be half-assed. <laughs> but it was amazing. It was yes. my favorite movie of the year I listed it as. Oh, yeah. oh, God, that movie's so good. It was my number one. Oh, yeah. I like it more as time goes on. I need to watch it again. Yeah. I know I know my sister got it for Christmas, so I'll probably be watching it again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right, so... Mm. Number three. Mm. All right, next one. Let's hear. Mm, this was not a good year for animation. <laughs> oh. Number three is Tom and Jerry the movie. Oh, right, yeah. Now, look. Tom and Jerry are great. I love Tom and Jerry. But... Doing a Who Framed Roger Rabbit style or Space Jam style for Tom and Jerry doesn't work because they don't speak. So they're going to be put in the background with these live action characters that were awful. It was just, it felt so dumb. And I watched it on HBO Max like the last day it was available because I put it off that long. Because I wasn't going to go to the theater to see this piece of crap. Yeah. It was just... Awful. It was <clears throat> the humans were so dumb, slapsticky, and um let nothing felt earned. I mean because the girl gets some I don't care about spoilers, screw this movie. Like the <laughs> yes. girl gets a promotion Go to be work at a hotel or something, and it's it is so unearned. That's why I, I hate unearned. I hate earn it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to invest 90 minutes, earn your stupid uh, ending, but it just was awful. It was, yeah, after, look, it doesn't matter because, look, most people who think of Tom and Jerry as movie stars are dead now. Everyone thinks of Tom and Jerry as TV stars, so. Yeah. They've got a great show on HBO Max. I guess that's good enough. All right. Number two. It's a movie I didn't think was very good. But because it was not free on HBO Max, I decided to watch it. It is James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Right. I haven't seen any of these so far. <laughs> yes. I guarantee you won't, see, you won't see number yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just say that a lot of people know I'm not a fan of Marvel's current path. Mm-hmm. About like being so jokey and just hiding these bad stories with just dumb jokes and lazy characters. And I think Guardians of the Galaxy started them on that trend. And I'm just I'm not, I'm not a fan of James Gunn. I've only seen four movies. Well, now five. 
He wrote the Scooby-Doo movies that I thought were crap. And I hate those Guardians of the Galaxy movies. But yet this one was even worse than Guardians. It was so stupid. Like, it's this, it's the same thing over again. Except instead of Chris... Uh, what's his name uh, from Guardians? Chris... Chris Pratt? Chris Pratt. We had John Cena playing the annoying 12-year-old and a 30-year-old's body. Oh, And yeah. it was just dumb joke, like, such a stupid plot, which is dumb joke, dumb joke, dumb joke, dumb joke, dumb joke, dumb joke. And I'm like, what is yeah. this? If I really wanted to be a hardcore DC fan, I'd be like, well, look, a spy from Marvel sabotages the DCEU. But I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Fans who will edit that out and say that I'm that that's a real conspiracy, but yeah, I just it was so dumb, and like the the plot was uninteresting. It's just it's and like these moments that it felt like it was trying to be serious are ruined because of how dumb all the characters are, and for me, the Suicide Squad has now joined the trinity of, in my opinion, the worst three superhero movies ever made. It's wow. The Dark Knight Rises, Spider-Man Far From Home, The Suicide Squad. Yes, Spider-Man Homecoming is better than The Suicide Squad. It's I'm just, actually, it's I'm, I'm glad awful. you said, I, I'm glad you actually um, replaced Homecoming with Far From Home. Because yes. the, the more I think about Far From Home, the more I appreciate Homecoming. That's just me, though. <laughs> Like, Homecoming's bad, but at least it's not far from home. Yeah. I feel like um, I've seen online, like, even people who like Homecoming don't like Spider-Man Far From Home. Oh, and I don't know anyone's opinions. I, I do, I still am on this, I like Homecoming. I like it less and less, but I, I like it. Um, far From Home shattered my view <laughs> of the trilogy, but we'll see. We won't, we'll see, we'll see. Um... So yeah, the Suicide Squad. Yes. Um, this one, I I, I want to give this one a fair chance. It's maybe one of the only ones on this list I actually might see eventually. But um, I don't know. My taste has been changing a lot in terms of like. You might. If Guardians see... of the Galaxy came out today, I don't think I'd like it. Um, really? But, uh, not as much. Uh, did like the sequels do that or? I don't know. I just like. I it doesn't do it for me anymore <laughs> the jokey marvel. I don't know. I'm okay with it, but yeah, it's it's rough. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh Oh, and so you have one left, right? I have one <clears throat> film left. I'll I'll bring up my worst film. I was try I was reading synopsises of it again and reviews trying to remember uh to to bring back the memories of why it was so bad and it it, it was bad, um, because uh, earlier this year I had I was in a a binge of watching it was kind of like back in May I think when I was just watching horror movie after horror movie streaming. Uh, oh, before you say, uh, I, I apologize because this just came to me. Yeah, based on what you said about like Guardians. Do you think you would watch number three? Yeah, I think I'd watch it. Um, I still like it. 
I'm I, I'm more skeptical. I I mean, I'm still excited for it. I'm just more skeptical. Okay. Um. Anyway, so uh, I don't even know if I'm gonna have a lot to say, but the, I, I saw a movie in a in a sea of all of the like dozens of horror movies that I watched over the summer. One of them stood out. Remind as, me, I saw I had I saw a really crappy horror movie that I had to stop and couldn't finish. I okay, want to know if you've seen about it. The, well, this one is called The Manor, and uh, it is. Uh, I don't know if when I saw it, I even realized it was a 2021 movie, but then when I was looking back at 2021 movies, I saw this and I was like, that was garbage on my, (laughs) on, on my, uh, letterbox. It's like the only movie I have rated at like one star. (laughs) I just, uh, it's, um, an Amazon studios. So I think it's just a prime streaming thing and it's Blumhouse. But it's got, like, a cast that's, like, I mean, not people that I totally recognize from stuff, but I know is, like, a pretty famous cast. So you'd think that the acting would be great, but the acting was atrocious. Like, something about, I don't know if it, maybe it was the writing. I I don't know. It might have been the writing done by good actors. But (laughs) it was so hard to watch. Um, It was, like, uh there was just kind of like shadowy figures that people would go <gasps> and it was <laughs> it took place in like uh in, in old folks home um and it's like <sighs> nothing I, I feel like it is the movie is trying to make some commentary on aging and like living with um dementia or like maybe the treatment of old people in facilities there might be some like underlying deeper meaning and i don't i'm not criticizing any of that in my criticism of this movie but like i feel like a movie like relic does that better which (laughs) is a great movie um from i think 2020 maybe 2019 um that's a fantastic movie about like um uh the confusion of getting older and possibly dementia and stuff. It's a really uh, impactful movie about that. This doesn't do that at all. It's weirdly sensational and just bad. The writing is terrible. The plot was awful. <laughs> um, it Basically, I wish I could say it in more specific language, but... Um, it was really just a very gen, like generic horror plot line that goes from like it was like the classic roller coaster of like suspense and then bam jump scare down to nothing suspense bam jump scare down to nothing um didn't like any of the characters it's one of my least favorite horror movies <laughs> in a long time i would rather rewatch the nun than this Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> the nun. Yeah. Not that not the um not some wholesome film about a nun trying to or Mother Teresa. It's just a horror movie about a killer nun or something. <laughs> oh yeah, this that was uh one of my other least favorite movies of the year um I believe in another year. 
and pretty panned. Uh, it was uh, con- a conjuring, a conjuring universe movie. Oh yeah, I think now that jogged my memory. Yeah, yeah and I remember uh, now. I'm wondering now that I'm thinking of that year. I remember I put the nun and Insidious Four. I think it was. Um, as my least favorite movies and insidious four is worse (laughs) and now i'm kind of wondering you know this or insidious four what's the worst horror movie in the last five years i I, that i would have to think about but anyway this this sucked yes so were were yours kind of in order is this your least favorite movie of the year this to me is the worst film of the year which is sad all right because it was my most anticipated movie of the year. You know? Strangely, I can't think of what this would be, but okay. <laughs> oh. You'll know when I mention it. Yeah, I'll, I'll remember. Um, People talk about this, and I think people throw this around too loosely nowadays. But... When it's gen, when it, it when in this term applies, I hate movies that have agendas. Mm-hmm. And my worst movie of the year was nothing but a oh, commercial yes. for HBO freaking Max. It is Space Jam: <laughs> A New Legacy. Yeah, I hate this movie with a burning desire, a rage even, because it was nothing but gratuitous cameos of Warner Brothers properties. Oh, look, there's the Adam West Batman. Oh, look, there's Jack Nicholson's Joker right next to Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. It was awful. It was LeBron James trying to show that he wants an acting career and shows that he shouldn't have one. Um, The Looney Tunes, like Bugs Bunny, you'd think he was the co-star... He has less screen time in this movie than Spider-Man did in Captain America Civil War. And it just was so dumb. Again, it felt like the people who wrote this movie knew nothing about the Looney Tunes and just thought, oh, just throw some slapstick and that's good enough. Like, I don't understand how we can have arguably the best animated show on TV right now have the Looney Tunes, and they're also in the worst AMA film of the year. And why, did, yeah. why didn't you have the people who write that show write this movie? It could have saved it. And yeah. it just was nothing but a commercial for HBO Max. It is bottom-of-the-barrel trash. And it's, I guarantee you, Nine, it would be nine years or whatever. Nine years from now, when we do our worst of the decade, Space Jam: A New Legacy will be on there. Yeah, I mean, it sounds terrible when we talked about it. Or it looks terrible. Uh, yeah, there's uh, not much good to say. I'm glad I didn't see it. Uh, yeah, I forgot about the whole like first part of this year. I oh yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what a, what a year. Yes, I made sure to go see this in the theater, and boy, this is the thing, like, <laughs> just throwing cameos in means nothing unless they, it serves narrative purpose, and yeah. this is, like, my big thing, 
This is the platform I want on this podcast. If you're going to have cameos or guest appearances, make them have narrative purpose. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm so sick of things like Crisis on Infinite Earths or um, Space Jam where they just throw in a bunch of cameos and say, oh, that's good enough. Like, have narrative purpose. It means nothing otherwise. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> yes. So there we go for the worst films of the year. There you go. Uh, I mean, as always, we got to start these episodes off with a real bummer of a of a yes. of a bad. But now it's all good from here on out. Yes. Now we got some real good stuff to talk about. So how long is your list? Uh, I'll just say I uh, I have two movies I could bring up. That's <laughs> okay. it. I do have like a one I'd call a favorite. I have uh, three to six, depending on how many I want to bring up, TV shows. Um, and I thought, I mean, it, it, for Star for Time, you know, I have other great favorites. I could throw in a favorite uh, album or favorite video game, two of my yes, favorite you know, things. Honestly, when you did your album thing on Facebook, I was like, we, you should do like we should have that mention on the show or something. Oh yeah, I'll I'll bring it up later. Yeah. So um, I have six movies, and I do have two honorable mentions that I didn't think qualify. When I say what they were, I didn't think they qualified for best of movie of the year. But when I when I say what they are, you'll know why I didn't feel they didn't qualify. But I've <laughs> oh, okay. got six yeah. and two honorable mentions. Okay, I don't, uh, um, I I guess similar to the other one, do we want to do your honorable mentions? I'll give, I'll throw one of my favorite movies. You'll do all into your last one, and then we'll both say our favorite movie. Sure, well, I'll I'll do my honorable mention, because one of them, if I counted it, would have been the second best of the year. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm interested why it disqualified then so yeah but i guess i'll start number six and we can kind of do what you said sure yeah all right so my number six of the year look movie with this title it's not citizen kane it's not even the dark knight or captain america civil war certainly not the godfather but if you're going to put it on HBO Max, it's an okay way to spend some time. It is Godzilla <laughs> versus Kong. Oh. It's not great. You know, I, I saw most of this movie, actually. I, did, I didn't even think of it. It, it was yeah. fine. It's fine. <laughs> now, look, it's not highbrow entertainment. But if, if you want to just put something on and see Godzilla versus King Kong fight, yeah. it's good enough, I guess. It that's gave honestly, you what you wanted. It gave yeah, you Godzilla that's honestly versus what I Kong. About. I when it was on, I think I missed the beginning, but I just kind of remember thinking, like, it's hard to be mad at this. It's just they're fighting. Like it like, is it's just kind of sick. You what it promoted? <laughs> I know it is what it wants to be and what it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. No more, no less. It's just it is what it what it wants to be. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I really don't have a lot to say about that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um. Uh, I mean, I, I can say I, I only have two movies to bring up here, but uh, th- this is also one that's just like, is it 
good. <laughs> I like. I don't care. It's good. It, it could even. <laughs> it could even. Well, it is good. I'll say it's. It's. It's some comedy gold, but it's not necessarily <laughs> a type of comedy I'm like necessarily like jumping at the bit to tell people I'm really into. Space but, Force um, with Steve Carell. That was really. I decided that's really bad. By the way, <laughs> you were just um, like, I if, if he stays for eight seasons, I will riot. Yeah, I really tried to like it. I don't. Uh, no, the uh, uh, bad trip. Uh, an Eric Andre uh, prank type thing. It's almost a, a jackass style uh, like comedy movie. Uh, but it seems it's really just fascinating. And I watched like the behind the scenes of it too, because basically the idea of this movie is it's like a it's a prank show, but they're acting out a movie in real life around real people through a whole movie so basically they're just like gorilla shooting this movie and part of the movie is the reactions of people (laughs) so there will be you know stuff like a car blowing up or like there's a part where um someone is like destroying a a police car with a bat from outside of like a (laughs) yogurt stand and people are just like uh reacting holding their frozen yogurt um uh oh one of my favorite scenes towards the beginning is um eric andre's character is um uh he like works at a um he he works at like a smoothie shop or something and uh he's having like a serious conversation with someone while someone's trying to put in their order and he gets his hand stuck in the blender and it starts going off and there's blood (laughs) spurting everywhere, but he like continues having the conversation. Yes. (laughs) Uh, And everyone's just like, what is wrong with you? You just got your hand mauled. Oh yes. Um, It's on uh, Netflix. Yeah, it's Netflix. It was actually originally going to go to, theaters and it was like right around when the pandemic hit and it took an extra year for it to come out oh yeah um but uh it's great it's hilarious and also just eric andre is one of my favorite comedians really i love the eric andre show so that's really the only reason i checked this out because if it was like a taste of the eric andre show but for a whole movie um (laughs) it's good stuff actually is that what he does in the show the show is like a, it goes back and forth between um, it's a parody of like late night talk shows, but like in an absurdist comedy angle. So he'll come out uh, like a late night talk show, but he almost seems kind of deranged. And the guests <laughs> will come out and they'll basically be tortured because it smells bad and there's like stuff falling from the ceiling. Um, <laughs> and then it will cut to basically pranks. Uh, where he'll be like on the New York subway, um, pouring uh, cereal on himself. That doesn't. That's the least funny example I could have given. It's funnier than that sounded. Um, he'll be like a bridge troll or something, and I don't know. But it, it's basically absurdist comedy that uh, I rewatch time and time again because it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> Oh yes, but Bad Trip is the same style of comedy, but it's like it's a plot. It's it's 
a, a movie through and through. And some of my favorite scenes from it, honestly, are not even necessarily the prank parts. But it's like when they're acting out, like very seriously acting out the lines of a like a, a buddy drama movie. And there are people around listening to it where they're just like, no, you don't understand, man. I can't. I have to leave like just like some kind of like serious monologue and people are looking like this is like a movie. <laughs> oh yes. Uh didn't say yeah. on the poster it's from the same producers of Jackass and Bad Grandpa. Yes, yeah. Um Bad Grandpa always looked really dumb to me. I watched it after <laughs> watching this. It's not as good as this. Uh but it is the same kind of thing where it's like a it's a it's a it's a movie being recorded with live reactions of people who don't know that they're in a movie. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. So yeah, good laughs. Um But yeah, I did not see a lot of like proper big blockbuster movie type stuff this year so um i racked my brain trying to think if there's <laughs> anything like relevant bringing up in fact Did you go through the list on wikipedia yeah um oh. <laughs> I've, i saw like n- nothing <laughs> uh there was one kind of like i feel like i'm crazy last night i was spending so much time because i I feel like there was some horror movie I saw that was a 2021 movie that I saw on either like Hulu or HBO Max or something that I remember like logging in my brain like maybe I'll bring this up at the end of the year and I I like looked at my watch histories on <laughs> on them I looked at all of the 2021 horror movies I don't know if I imagined this or if I couldn't find <laughs> it I don't but a bit, apparently it wasn't that good because I can't remember <laughs> what it is. So, um, but I do have my favorite movie of the year. I don't know. It could, some people might disqualify it. To me, it's, I'll call, I'll call it my favorite movie of the year. I'll bring it up later on. So how about we, uh, hear, uh, some of your next picks? Yes. Now my number five film was, uh, one that I saw on Netflix, although it was in theaters, I guess, according to the poster. And it is the film The White Tiger. Oh. Now, have you ever heard of this movie? I have heard of it. I have yes. seen it. Yes. But... It's about this guy in India who kind of <clears throat> decides to... He really wants to kind of get up in the world. And he's really smart, too. Mm-hmm. And he wants to get up in the world. And he works for this one family. And as he moves up in the world, he becomes like a worse person. And it, it was oh. really interesting. Um, that is interesting. Yes, I think it was nominated. I think what made me see it was I saw it was nominated for an Oscar. I think yeah, it was a de- mm-hmm. it was nominated for best adapted screenplay at the ninety third hmm. Academy Awards last year. So uh, is it based on a? A book novella. Yeah, it's based or, on the yeah. book The White Tiger by Aravind Adiga. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It it was really interesting. And um 
it was interesting to see like how he became a worse, more successfully became the worst of a person. Yeah, that's uh, uh, the I I, I kind of want to see this. It looks really good. Oh, it's on Netflix right now. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it really cool, held cool, my cool. interest the whole time. It's really <laughs> yeah. well done. Yeah. I think Ava DuVernay, cool. they said, was a producer on it, too, which, I don't know, it, producer could mean anything, but. Yeah, that's like you threw some money at it. Yeah. Um, but you no, that's, uh, you read the script and made a note or something. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, uh, wish we had a producer. I know, besides. That gave us money. Yes, or was actually helpful. That, that would be nice. Mm-hmm. All right, my number yeah, four. Number four, film of the year is a movie I thought would suck, but I said, "Well, you know, this was the first movie I actually went back to theaters to see." It is mm-hmm. this year's movie, Cruella, based oh, oh, yeah. on the One Hundred and One Dalmatians villain. Now, normally, yeah, I think live action Disney movies are trash. I'm not talking about the adaptions like Aladdin or whatever. I'm talking about the crap. That we had to suffer through. Like College Road Trip. Or The Game Plan. <laughs> or crap like that. <laughs> yeah. But this one was really well done. It was... I thought a bit more of a risk. Because it wasn't adapting 101 Dalmatians. It was doing a prequel origin story. For Cruella. And I thought it did a great job. It did a great job of both. Balancing the drama... And balancing the humor. Emma Stone was great as Cruella. Mm-hmm. And two that really stood out, every every scene they were in were Horace and Jasper. You know the two henchmen she has? Yeah. And it did a really nice job of setting up 101 Dalmatians. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yes. So you can... I mean, you already have two versions. You can see the animated version or the live action with Glenn Close afterwards. But yeah, I was really surprised with how much I ended up liking the movie Cruella. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that it was liked. I I didn't have an interest in seeing it. uh, And I probably still won't. I haven't seen any (laughs) Disney live action remakes. But uh, yeah, very nice. Yes. So you only had one left, right? So I, could, yeah, I guess I'll go I'm, to my yeah, number three. I'm going to wait until you're number one. We'll both say our number ones. Okay. So it's just a weird year. Don't have, don't have. That I know many. it's it's been an odd year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, am I going to get some hate for saying that this was better than some other movies? <laughs> I don't care. It was good. It was funny. Damn it. Sure. <laughs> Uh, I got introduced to the first one like a day before we went to see it in theaters. And it is the Boss Baby Family Business? Oh, yeah. I gotta say it was pretty good, and like I actually like it more than the sec than the first one. Like, <clears throat> had a fun plot. Um, it had great humor. It was honestly one of DreamWorks. DreamWorks' best movies. Because I'll be honest, I've kind of fallen off of DreamWorks. Because for me, it was kind of like, well, they made Shrek and that was kind of it. But yeah, <laughs> it makes me want to kind of go back and see what other ones they've done. 
Yeah, that's a good point because I, I can't think of another DreamWorks movie off the top of my head that I really think is stellar other than Shrek. Yeah. And, boy, do I really want to say this because it will get some people mad. <laughs> Maybe I will because you it's can just say my whatever you want. Opinion. It's your podcast. Yeah. It was nice to have like just a, like a fun comedy movie versus. It kind of feels like Disney and Pixar are becoming formulaic now. Like, yeah, I haven't seen Encanto, but it's like really another girl with powers who doesn't know how to control it or whatever. Or right, right, when you see the yeah. trailer for Red, it's like really another oh, movie about what's inside I, your emotions. Like, come on, guys. I was, uh, I was actually going to. In the upcoming, uh, I did have uh, it's turning red by the yeah. Pixar movie, and like picks there another like I turned into something and I can't get back. It's yes. really it's just I don't <sighs> I don't even necessarily I've only seen the trailer once I don't remember I don't even necessarily think it looks bad but I I, I just immediately was did like you see wow the, that's... New, the new trailer is worse oh okay. I haven't I, seen. I've seen the first trailer. I thought it's. I I thought it seemed fine, but it just I know, was like so formulaic. I know what happened was kind of sprung on them, even though they knew ahead of time. I think. I think they may have botched replacing John Lasseter with at Disney and Pixar. Oh, like. I mean, it couldn't have been that much of a surprise because apparently they knew for a while, but it's like just the stuff that's happened since what was the girl directed Frozen? I think her name's Jennifer Lee or Pete Doctor took over for Pixar, who's great. Like he made Monsters, Inc. Awesome. It, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It just, I, I don't know if they're the people who should be leading it. Got it. Yeah. And look, maybe this is just because animation does take a long time. Maybe we're still feeling the effects of the sudden change of John Lasseter because it was only four years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't even totally realize there was a big change like that, but I guess it does line up. Yeah, so I hope it gets look. Um, what was I say? Oh yeah, like I really Jennifer Lentz has only done Frozen, so it's really hard to tell. But Pete Doctor has done some great work before, so I'm. Yeah. It look under his ring. I think we got Onward and Soul, which are two of their best they've ever done. So mm-hmm. <laughs> hopefully, I mean, but I, at this point, like. uh as more and more ones that I don't care about come out, it does make me question, like, how big of a Pixar fan am I really as I establish myself at the beginning of this podcast? But, like, at least there are things like Onward and Soul. Coco. Yeah. I mean, there's some great stuff that's fairly recent. But it is nice to have something like DreamWorks who's doing something just different. Like, this was a straight-up comedy. Like, we don't get that from Pixar or Disney anymore. Like, today... We would never get a movie like Monsters, Inc. from Pixar or right. um, um, Toy Story or The Incredibles. We would never get those today at Pixar. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I I like part of the reason I like Pixar is because I think they have such a good ability to write and to portray really like touching and serious topics, but it has to be built on something interesting to yes. begin with for it to feel subverted in a way. Like yes. for it to be like like to cry at the end of Monsters, Inc. or something is uh, novel. (laughs) Like, Toy Story 3, it earned that ending with um, Andy giving away the toys. Yeah. But, like, they tried it at Cars 3, and it didn't work because it was never earned. Yeah. Because the movie Mm -hmm. was bad. Yep. Back when Cars was the worst thing about John Lasseter. God, (laughs) I miss those days. (laughs) All right, my number two film of the year. It's actually a documentary. I feel oh. a little smart this year. Like, we, <laughs> I did like I did like one of them was a movie that got nominated at the Oscars for best screenplay. Now we're doing documentary. Yeah, you're starting to turn into into me. Oh yes, I'm I'm smart. Sniffling. I have movies like Parasite as my critic. number one. Oh yes. Yeah. So my number two film of the year. Actually, it wasn't on the Wikipedia list, so I, I remembered yeah. it at the last minute. Mm-hmm. It is the documentary Bob Ross: Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed. Oh, I really want to see this. Oh, it is so good because, without giving too much away, it's not a like. Sure, it's about you know Bob Ross's career, but at its heart, it's about. An artist wanting to create art for art's sake mm-hmm. versus his corrupt and shady corporate overlords hanging over him. Yeah. It yeah, just, it I, was fascinating. Yeah, I do know some about, like, I, I did kind of know about this story already, but to see a documentary about it, um, yeah, it's a fascinating subject that, like, this shady thing that a lot of people don't know about. Uh, not Bob Ross the man who who seems incredible. Yes, uh, his bosses are the Kowalskis. Yeah. yeah, Annette and Walt Kowalski, who apparently might sue us now, but whatever, it will give us publicity. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. All press is good press. Oh yes. So Paul always texts us. Oh yes. So it was actually produced by uh, you know Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, it was produced by her and her husband. Which makes up for Thunder Force this year. (laughs) I've not seen it, but everyone says it's the worst of the year. Oh, okay. Like, Um, I love superheroes. I like comedy. I hate the combination of the two. (laughs) Just in general, I hate the combination. It only works for Freakazoid and um, The Tick. Other than that, it sucks. But yeah, Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed. It's my number two movie of the year. All right. Well. Getting close to that number one now, aren't yeah, we? Yeah. I guess these are our number ones. So when I, uh, I'll, I'll say mine first, since you had a big list and you can lead up to it. Yeah, I got some honorable mentions you. too. Sure. Um, uh, yeah, I'll just say... Uh, when I was looking back at the releases from 2021, uh, this is something that you could 
kind of argue with me on whether this is a movie. It's like technically feature length, and it is to me the best like single non series feature length thing that has come out this year to me. Um, <laughs> We're really so, having a stretch this year and get specific. Well, I mean, it's that it's one of the best things that has come out this year, and it's also something that. Uh, I'll say it is a comedy special and it is something that um I've through this year I've I've seen it become one of these things where like it immediately got so much buzz and high praise that it sort of started getting this like second wave of backlash where people were like oh my gosh, everyone keeps talking about how good this is. Everyone's talking about how this is a masterpiece. And so here at the end of the year I had to look back and go I really do think this is a masterpiece. I think that this is my favorite comedy special ever. Uh, and ever. it is, Holy crap. of course, uh, Bo Burnham's Inside. <laughs> uh, so Bo Burnham, the comedian, was away for many years. His last special was in like 2016 or something. And uh, people were like, when is he coming back? And then he teases that uh, over quarantine, he was making a comedy special because you can't do a big comedy special in front of a huge group of people. Uh, This is a comedy special that takes place entirely in one room. Uh, (laughs) And uh, it kind of touches on... It it feels like very... uh, uh, I think a lot of people were touched by it because they relate to the like emotions of quarantine and like it kind of takes you through all of 2020, but just from his perspective in a way and some of the social commentary that he's making. Um, But it's, uh, it's basically, I, I actually, um, I remember uh, introducing this comedy special to someone and when i described it i said like so bo burnham does like it's basically musical comedy he does like uh uh, songs that are funny and the reaction was like songs that are funny are never it's always just kind of (laughs) cringy but i was like you know when i say it out loud you're right but you gotta watch bo burnham it's different (laughs) and that's absolutely the case here uh he's genuinely very talented and it's more about uh the uh like it's just it's smart good music that is extremely funny um like a lot of people are putting i believe inside like the album as one of their album of the year like uh it's good all around in terms of a visual uh the way it's executed and edited um as comedy and it is good as social commentary it's good as music. Um, it, it's everything. This is a still from what is maybe my favorite comedy bit from it, which is him talking to the puppet Sako, which is a puppet that uh, feels all of the pain of him stuffing his hand into his body and uh, talks about uh, 
the reality of how the world works and how it was <laughs> the world was built on genocide. Uh, and like also a fun time in the, the copy <laughs> special. Yeah, it's a lot of dark humor, and it also ends with uh, like I mean, towards the end, it gets dark. Uh, I'll say that it get, it gets serious. It gets a little dark, but it all is good comedy in the end. So I just have to add to the sea of people saying that like this really is to me Bo Burnham's magnum opus, at least at the very least his magnum opus, his best thing he's done, if not just one of the comedy specials that will be remembered for a long time as being great. Um, yeah, at least that's the reaction I've seen to it. People seem to love it. <laughs> so, Oh, yes. So yeah, I think we can count that as a movie. Like you were describing, like, well, this is kind of a thing that I'm like, yeah, we can count. Well, it will count because it's not like the a, Eddie Murphy specials used to play in theaters. I like think the they raw. might have, but yeah, yeah, maybe, but yeah. I mean, it's sort of a feature length thing. Pretty I mean, much it's not anything on streaming over forty minutes is <laughs> a movie now. Yeah. This also feels it's a, it's quite a bit more produced than a typical comedy special where someone gets on stage and there's multiple cameras recording them yeah. and people laugh. The, it's much more produced than that, which it has to be because there's no audience. Um, which I think is really creative how it, he made a comedy special with no audience work so well. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, I'm surprised this isn't the thing I watched the most this year. I've seen it <laughs> twice. But, uh, yeah, good stuff. Oh, yes. Welcome to the internet. What would you prefer? <laughs> Just a little song from it. Oh, um, yes. Don't sing too much or we'll get a copyright strike. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. <laughs> All right. So here we go. My your number one movie number one of movie year. of the year. I just noticed something that hasn't been mentioned. Let me. Uh, okay. 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 So well, I'll let you go for it. I need to mention some honorable mentions because one of them, I'll, because I debate on if I should include it on the list. I don't think I should, but other people are including it on their list. So I just want to give a little met like. If I did include it, it would have been number two. Yeah. So before I'll get to the one that I just need, I need to give an honorable mention to before I get to the other honorable mention. Okay. One is, I talked about before, the animated Batman The Long Halloween. It is, I'll just say it, it. It's up there with Mask of the Phantasm. It's up there with Under the Red Hood and the two-part Dark Knight Returns. I think these two anime movies together are better than any live-action Batman movie we've ever had. Wow. And it just... The Long Halloween is a comic I've been waiting for them to adapt for so long. Since they adapt Batman Year One ten years ago. And... I just watched it and my jaw dropped. Like I, it is so well done. Uh, Butch Luca took over and has done. Was it? This is his. These two are his fourth, and 
the DC anime movies are in great hands under this guy. He has done such a great job. First with Superman Man Tomorrow, then with um, Justice Society Earth 2 now, and then he crushed it with these two, and it was great. And by the way, the fan casting was right. Jensen Ackles is a great Batman. Like, for oh. years. <laughs> yeah. we always hear, Jensen Ackles needs to play Batman in um, Arrow or The Flash, and the fans were right. He is a great Batman. He might be my third favorite Batman voice actor of all time. At the top, we have Kevin Conroy. Then we have Bruce Greenwood. Jensen Eccles, I think, might be my number three favorite now. I mean, that's good. I don't know how many there are total, but... (laughs) There's a lot. There's a lot. They do a lot of stunt casting with these movies, so there's a lot of people who only did it once, so... (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I... I would love to have him do more. Like, if yeah. Kevin Conroy is busy or Bruce Greenwood is busy, the, well, let's call up Jensen and have him do it because <laughs> he did a great <laughs> yeah. job. Cool. All right. Now, when I mentioned this this other honorable mention, that would have been my number two favorite movie of the year. Yeah. I think you know when I say what it is, why I couldn't include it. And it is Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, yeah. because for me, I don't consider it a movie that came out in 2021. Mm-hmm. It's a director's cut of a movie that came out four years ago. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of agree to that. So I I see other people are including it. I personally don't count it. But if you count it, then yeah, it was my number two favorite movie of the year. I think that. Zach did such a great job with this movie. Look, his movie, his DC trilogy struggled, to put it lightly. It struggled. But he really, like, he took... I think he really, it really showed, he took what didn't work before and improved upon it. And it is by far, it is my favorite Zack Snyder movie he's ever done. Like, I liked Batman vs. Superman. I liked Watchmen. I think this is the best one he's done. Obviously, the four-hour runtime, I think, was a mistake. And that they (laughs) could have cut some stuff to make it flow better. But it gave us one of... um, It gave us Ben Affleck's best performance as Batman. Mm -hmm. Um, It gave us, in Batman, one of um, the best movie version we've had since the Tim Burton era. Not the best movie, but the best movie version. Yeah. And... He does a great job with Wonder Woman. I was shocked for a guy who's known for making such dark and serious movies. He did such a great job with Ezra Miller's Flash. And both the theatrical cut and this cut kind of cement that in the DCEU, not in the DC Universe proper, like the comics or cartoons, but in the DCEU, my favorite duo or crossover to have happen is Batman and the Flash. And I'm so excited to see them come together again in the Flash movie next year. Which mm-hmm. better not get freaking delayed. <laughs> yeah. Alright. So. We should get into my pick for the best movie of 2021. We sure should. Yes. Now I should grab something real quick. Yeah. Because... 
I mentioned something earlier. I don't know if you'll remember. But I will grab something real quick. It will only take like five seconds, so we don't need to like okay. pause the recording yeah. or anything. Yeah, but just I'm say going... what uh, your thoughts are on anything about the year. Okay, <laughs> on anything at all. Um, well, I have one... I have. I mean, I think I know what you're about to say, and I have something that I would like to uh, show those watching the video version for when he gets back. Um, if this is the case, if this is the case, um, <clears throat> you're putting on. Oh, I know. <laughs> I I'm making the same joke, man. I'm what? bringing up a picture that's the same joke. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say because look at what I brought up in it. <laughs> oh, yes. So. <laughs> I found the eye stock, the Getty images of pigs flying. And you're oh, putting on yes. winter gear. Let me, I'll, I'll, I'll stop sharing so you can <laughs> have your moment. But you put on a winter coat. And a, yes. a beanie and gloves. Yes, I'll I'll have to take them off if I have to like click around or anything. But, yeah. Yes. It, but it's cold there. I, I'm, I'm yes, sure. Yes, it's cold right now. I'm trying to make sure I can still hear you, but <laughs> yeah, it's hard because wearing a yeah a full on winter like you could go outside at at negative ten degrees. Yes. Why am I wearing this? You may ask. Because yeah, hell has frozen over. Yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) If you were to ask me at the start of the year what this would be, I would think we are living in some alternate reality. I'm going to have to lose the hat. (laughs) It looks very warm, yeah. I I guess when hell's frozen over, it wouldn't be that warm. Yes. <laughs> but I'll, I'll keep the hood. If you would have told me at the start of this year, after we made videos talking about how much this movie will suck, I wouldn't have believed it. But my number one movie of the year is Spider Man Far From Home. No, you said the wrong. It's No Way Home. <laughs> no Way Home, yes. Oh, my God. Oh. When you said no for a second, I was like, what are you talking about? How dare you try to say my opinion is wrong? But it's like, no, you're right. Spider-Man, Your opinion is wrong if you say that. Yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home is my favorite movie of 2021. By the way, we've had a lot of crappy posters for the movie. This is what I want the Blu-ray to be. Yeah, This that's is really the sick. image I want. Yes. It's like a really good poster. Yes. I, I'm a big fan of uh, like movie posters or covers that don't have just like a, a hero shot of everyone. That's just kind of like an action scene kind of thing. Like, that's yes. always great. Got Doc Ock right there. And then, I don't know if you can see right there. Can you yeah, see the I goblin? See the gobbo. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> you may be wondering, what happened? You weren't going to see this movie. Well, here's what happened. Because a lot can happen. Because it's been a while since we recorded. Yeah, it's like we're living in a different universe. This is a whole new era (laughs) of comment section. I know, this is so weird. But we did a whole video 
um, about the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, the first one that came out. Yeah. And in that video, we talked about, hey, we see the pumpkin bomb. Will William Defoe appear in the movie? And I was like, no, he's not going to appear in the movie. But then the second trailer happened. And, yeah, from that and the interviews, we found out William Defoe is in the movie. So, mm-hmm. it made me say, you know, I have been going back and forth about if Toby and Andrew are in the film. But the fact that they kept William Defoe a secret for as long as they did made me think, yeah, I think that they're in the film. And we've talked before about the not not having closure from Spider-Man mm-hmm. 4 being canceled. Yeah. And yeah, I felt that same way same thing too with the Amazing Spider-Man 3 being canceled. Mm-hmm. And look, I was like, look, the two movies are absolute crap. So but if they're going to try to give us a fourth movie with Tobey Maguire, who is my childhood live-action Spider-Man. And a third movie with Andrew Garfield, who is my favorite live-action Spider-Man actor. Then I hope that the movie is good. Mm-hmm. I'm rooting for it. I don't think it will be. There's so much evidence that it won't be. <laughs> yeah. But I hope it's good. And um, my sister actually wanted to go with me to see it, because I... I was thinking about going on Friday, which would have been nice to avoid spoilers. But my sister said, no, I want to go too. Because I want to see your reaction. Because you're either going to love this movie or hate this movie. And I (laughs) want to see what happens. Yeah. And the day I went to go on Saturday, she said, what are you thinking? I said, I'm at 65.35. And the 35 is saying that I'm going to like it. (laughs) And the 65 (laughs) is saying, oh, it's going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. But I will say they did a TV spot before. It's did you see it where it's Peter unmasked and he's not he's kind of web streaming on a phone and he says like I brought them here it's my fault. Wish me luck your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man could really use it. Yeah, yeah. To me that was the most Spider-Man this Tom Holland iteration has felt since Captain America Civil War. Mhm. So I went to go see it. <laughs> here's here's another thing that happened. Sat down, and I felt nice because there were two empty seats between me and um, the other group. Mm-hmm. Then as the as the trailer started coming to coming to start, there was a a dad with his kid, and he sat the kid down next to me. I was like. Great, I'm gonna have to hide my disappointment so they can, so I don't ruin the kids' good time. Yeah, which I guess the dad didn't tell him what movie they were gonna see. Oh, really? He was like, he was just the, surprised that it was Spider Man. Yes, at first we saw the Batman trailer and he said, "Daddy, are we gonna watch Batman?" I was like, "Oh, kid, you have no <laughs> idea how much longer you have to wait for that." Oh yeah. And then, you know, he realized it was Spider-Man and got excited. But I was like, ugh, I'm going to have to hide my disgust for this movie. <laughs> At least you thought about that. Yes. I try to be a good person once in a while. Yeah. And then I saw the movie. 
And at first, I thought this was very good, and now I think the movie's great. It is, in my opinion, wow. top tier MCU. I can't believe I'm saying these words. I know. I I don't know how someone can walk into this movie and be disappointed <laughs> because it is that good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it is everything you want from this movie and more. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It is that good. And they took a big gamble on this movie. Yeah. Because if it sucked... Now look. The end... You don't do a movie like Spider-Man No Way Home. Crossing over with Doc Ock and Goblin from the Raimi-verse. Or Electro from the Mark Webb-verse. Let's just say... You don't do that when you, when you're, when you have the healthiest franchise. You do it when you're kind of struggling a bit. And this incarnation of Spider-Man has been divisive. I would say Tom Holland Spider-Man is Marvel's Henry Cavill Superman. Right. That Yeah, that's a good comparison. And, look, let's be honest. MCU, post-Endgame, people aren't loving it. You know, like, mm-hmm. Black Widow, I, I, I haven't seen any of the other MCU movies. I guess the villain in Black Widow really is awful. Like people are like oh. Black Widow, it's it's all right. I heard Shang Chi's very good. What yeah. if was yeah, complete was complete crap. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like the TV shows kind of are pointless, like the Disney Plus shows. Like, right? I've actually seen the first episode of WandaVision and Loki, and I thought they were just. Eh. I I didn't yeah. think they were that good. And Eternals was their first rotten score on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Now, some people I, really like it, but it was very much a departure. But this movie could have been awful. When now knowing what they were trying to do in this movie, it could have been awful. But because it worked, it became legendary. People will be talking about this movie for years and years. And yeah. it's so... Good. Like, I'll just... We'll get into it more, because I kind of had a feeling this might derail the whole episode. Yeah. Which... Well, I actually wanted to say, after I first found out that you liked it, and I went to bed and had this, like, weird, like, uh, sleep-deprived anxiety <laughs> dream about, like, needing to go see No Way Home, which is a, a true story, <laughs> I woke up and was like, I need to see it tonight. I didn't. Um, <laughs> but I'd love to do a special on this. You need to see No Way Home. Like, I, I guarantee you, you will regret it if you don't see it on the big screen. Yeah. No, I, I, knowing that it's good and Spider-Man is my favorite superhero, I this is going to be the movie that brings me back to the theaters. I'm almost, I'm really genuinely going to try and see it and we should do a special on it. Yes. And I'll just <clears throat> say, I kind of knew, like, some people are worried about spoilers, now, I had read three plot leaks for the movie ahead of time. There yeah. was one kind of main one that I did believe. I had read three different plot leaks, which were three different, completely different ones, but ahead of the release, which is, I guess it's a good thing we didn't record beforehand. I yeah. read one like a month before the movie came out, and I was like, that was the best one, and that was the one that ended up being true. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, the only good. thing that plot leak got wrong is that it was translated from China 
Because I guess, because you know China only lets a few movies in, and they view them yeah. ahead of time. Yeah. So it was translated from China. They described a scene where Spider-Man is like, um, takes off a hood. They meant mask, but that was the only thing that was wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, got it. Interesting. So, well, I'll get into it a little bit more, but... And I have my I have every right to change this, okay? I'm not saying this is definitive or set in stone right now. And I'm yeah. trying not to let the hype get to me. Yeah. We've had how many MCU movies have we had? This is I think twenty seven, because I think Doctor Strange is uh thir- twenty eight. This is yeah. the twenty seventh film in the MCU. As of right now, I think this might be my third favorite one. I, <laughs> That's really high. Yeah. I think it. the only ones... It's not the level of Winter Soldier or Civil War. But I'm debating. I think I might like it more than the first Avengers movie. <laughs> like, Yeah, I mean, that's really good. All right, so I'll get... I'll give a little bit more of my thoughts. We'll, we'll do a full, spo- uh, full spoiler review later. Yeah. But before we get into that, because, now look, I told you during the summer that William Defoe's Green Goblin was going to be in it. Yeah. And you said you didn't care about spoilers, but I know things have changed in the past two weeks, specifically the last two days. Yeah. So, I can just plan on it. You want me I'll... Can yeah, plan we to can keep spoilers to a minimum. Yeah, we can cap on that until I see it. Okay, um, so I, I will. I, I what I will say right now is like, I uh, there are things that I assume about it that are heavily implied, but I have not stumbled into any spoilers about the movie yet. So you haven't had what other people have had. I actually got a fake spoiler on a YouTube recommended video that turned out to be fake. But you haven't had it on YouTube where you've gotten spoiler, like, clips that people filmed on their phone recommended to you? Oh, um, I guess I'm happy that my YouTube algorithm hasn't done that to me since I just get, uh, like, board game and album review recommendations. (laughs) Yes. People were really (laughs) upset. Like, you can take the time to recommend it, but you can't take the time to take it down, YouTube? Come on! Yeah. So I do have some non-spoiler thoughts to give about the movie. All right. Just some stuff from the trailers. Um, so, this was the first movie, the first solo Spider-Man movie, where he actually felt like Spider-Man. It wasn't the Iron Man Jr. crap. It was actually Spider-Man. Like, he actually acts like Spider-Man. And, like, this isn't a spoiler or anything. This is just one line of dialogue. But there's a scene where Peter is um, video chatting with MJ. And he says, um, I'm the most famous person in the world and I'm still broke. Like, I was like, yes! That feels like Peter Parker! He's not just Tom Holland playing young Tony Stark. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. It's more... It sounds more... More, like, paradoxically more down-to-earth, but also, obviously, it's a big finale, I assume, so I'm not yes. saying the whole thing is down-to-earth, but... Yes. And another big thing that made me so happy 
Although maybe I should. Or yes, I'll get to the. There's one. There's two negatives I have, but they really ha- are so insignificant to the rest of the film. Oh. Um, in this movie, like we talked about before, the comedy in the previous two is rough. Like, mm-hmm. Homecoming and Far From Home feel like they're just a bunch of dumb comedy scenes kind of stitched together. Like, honestly, I've seen Homecoming probably, like, at least ten times. I honestly can't tell you what the plot of the movie is. Because it's just a bunch... It feels like it's a bunch of random scenes kind of stitched together. Right. Like, all right, there's a scene at the Washington Monument. There's a scene at a boat... Suit gets taken yeah. away. Like, there's not saying, really yeah. much of a plot. Like, Spider-Man 2, it's like, he's dealing with Doc Ock. He's losing his powers. MJ's engaged. Like, Homecoming yeah. Far From don't really have plots. They're just scenes stitched together. Yeah. It, it Yeah, it's like technology kind of uh, attacking and they create situations for Spider-Man to be sort of yes. heroic in. Yeah. Yes, and this one actually had an interesting story to tell, and it went back to the Marvel Comics DNA. Superhero stories about relatable characters also going through everyday problems. And i also say, I've criticized John Watts a lot on his run on Spider-Man, and I think fairly criticized him. Mm-hmm. But I think in this movie... It showed he really listened to the criticisms and adapted and made sure to get it right this time around. Yeah. And also, I'll say, um, like I, I mentioned before, I think casting Tom Holland as young as he was was a mistake. And because in Homecoming and Far From Home it didn't feel like he was ready to lead a movie by himself when he didn't have Robert Downey Jr. to help him and I just felt like it wasn't he didn't have a presence like a Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield yeah in this film where in my opinion he's now the right age to start playing Spider-Man he finally got there he is now ready to lead Spider-Man movies Got there. Yeah. He finally got there. And again, some I, I think overall the mistake was catching him as young as he was. I think instead of the third Spider-Man, he should have been the fourth. But he got there. He did a great job leading this film. And this one had some substance for him to have. Like, there was drama. It was... This movie has... I'll say, the spectacle of an endgame or an Infinity War but the heart of a Spider-Man 2 or first Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. So... I mean, great sell. (laughs) Oh, yes. The fan service was great. Like, Doc Ock and William Dafoe and Electro were awesome. Especially if they felt exactly like they did from the previous movies. And they did a great job of making sure... The fan service had narrative purpose. They weren't just mm-hmm. there just to be there. Everything served narrative purpose. So that was great Good. to see. I'm real qu- quick looking up uh, what I wrote on Facebook to see if there's anything I missed. Uh, let's see. W- were you going to say something about it? Or? 
I don't think uh, I don't think I have anything else to say. That's uh, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> oh, I'll just mention the two negative things real quick. Yeah, and sure. I'll give a little bit of a ranking. So, first negative: the first ten to fifteen minutes are a little slow. Um, like there's this really bad scene with. Ant-Man happy at the beginning. That's the only time it felt like it was made from the people who made Homecoming and Far From Home. But then it quickly yeah. goes away. Then it's just like, all right, movie starts. So and you had going. a you had a full on like affirmation of your expectations right at the beginning, and then it still managed to reel you in. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, the first maybe it was only ten minutes, but the first little bit is a little slow. And it gets mm-hmm. a little rough, but then it picks up. It, cool. it does pick up, and then it never stops. Yeah. Like, um, by the time we get to... It's in the trailer. By the time we get to Doc Ock on the bridge, it's really, like, found its footing. Nice. And then, halfway through them, it really, really picks up. And you're like, oh <laughs> <"Aw>, yeah. <laughs> the other thing I'll say is that... The first post credit scene was so pointless. Like, it had nothing to... That post credit scene, which has nothing to do with the movie, and has none of the characters from the movie, that was thrown in... That was throwing something in just to throw something in it. And it was like... Yeah. Why did you do that? But... That sounds like and it's that's not the, really the movie's the movie. over by then, so... <laughs> yeah, you can leave. Yes. Oh, oh, no, you don't want to leave. You want to... Oh, there's another post This isn't a... Sp- I don't. I don't consider this a spoiler. I don't. I don't think you'll consider this a spoiler. Probably not. <laughs> the final post credit scene is a trailer for Doctor Strange Two. Oh God, yeah. So you'll want to stay to see that because that was pretty good. Yeah. Directed by Sam Raimi, which is going to be cool to see. Yeah. So of um the six MCU movies, Tom Holland's and we won't count Venom, Let There Be Carnage because that was just stock footage. Um, sorry guys, spoilers, but you, anyone who watches this would know by now. If you cared, you'd know by now. <laughs> but, um, of Tom's six appearance in the MCU, this is my second favorite behind Civil War. Like, I like this movie a yeah. bit more than Infinity War and Endgame. I think right now that it is my third favorite MCU film behind, um... Civil Wars number one, number two is Winter Soldier, which I never would have yeah. thought. John Watts' third Spider-Man movie, but the dude really brought it this time. He really just nailed it yeah. this time. And by the time the movie is done, it's like I am excited for what happens with Spider-Man. Like one movie isn't enough to get me like, all right, we're back on the MCU train. Yeah, yeah. But if you got one right, and you got the best character right, yeah, then there's some momentum. Like, if Doctor Strange 2 was good, then we got some momentum. And I'm probably now going to go back and see... Um, I wasn't planning to until after Doctor Strange, but now that Spider-Man was good, I'll probably go back and see Black Widow and Eternals um, after Christmas on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. But... 
whatever, like, is exciting to see what's going to happen with Spider-Man now, which I never thought. Yeah, I, like, I mean... I'm genuinely... Now, I do hope, because, look, one out of three isn't a good track record, so mm-hmm. I hope they do switch the creative team, but I am really curious to see where they're going to go now. And um, of the Spider-Man movies, again, for... I would put this at number of the... How many has it been? Just There's all th- Sp- Spider-Man movies? Yeah, like just Spider-Man one, two, by himself. Three, one, two, one, two, three. One, two, three. And then we have um, Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah, that too. Um, one, two, so out of the... Nine. <clears throat> I would put this at, like, number six. So I I prefer Toby's trilogy, the first Andrew Garfield, and Into the Spider Verse over this. But this movie is still great too as well. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just it's hard, and really it doesn't matter if what ranking it is. It just matters that it's in that tier that you label great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I never thought I would say this, but. My favorite movie of the year is directed by John Watts, who did a great job this time. Spider-Man: No Way Home. What a plot twist! I mean, it just shows how weird of a year this has been. Yeah, Spider-Ham's fly. Yes, and I gotta say this again: this movie has really upped it for every other movie to come out this decade. Like. It really started this decade off strong, so... Yeah. I mean, really, as it should be, Spider-Man should be at the top tier of Marvel, so it only only makes sense, and I can't wait to see it. Oh, yes. So, (laughs) what has your anticipation been for the movie, I guess? I I mean, I guess I wasn't even planning on seeing it, (laughs) so... uh, I guess I expected something more fan servicey, but now like it makes me think like it's almost like I got to skip all of the like hype. I can't wait for it to come out stuff, and I just <laughs> now that it's out, I get to know that oh, there's actually a good Spider-Man movie you can go see. Oh yes. So that's kind of nice that I got to skip all the anticipation steps. Yes. Um I I have actually. I think I have plans. I'm planning to see it again this weekend. So, cool. Yeah. Yes, I'm looking I want forward to, see it to it very soon. Yeah. I literally went on the the next day. I woke up and was like, "Was that real? Did that movie actually <laughs> exist?" And I looked I at my phone and looked for spoilers. I was like, "It is real. It does exist." <laughs> it wasn't some kind of really realistic dream. No, it's real. It's out there. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. By the way, people are saying, don't let it get spoiled for you. Like, the spoil... Not... Even if you knew everything... Like, I knew the general plot. Yeah. Of the whole movie. It's from a leak I never told you about. I'll just say that. It, I never oh, told okay. you... Hmm. Yeah. Um, the The first and second leak I told you about... 
the third one, which turned out to be true, which I guess makes sense because it was closer to the movie. I didn't tell you about. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's not spoiled for me yet. Yes. All right. Yeah, All that, right. I mean, that's a big twist for 2021 for sure. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I don't have any big twists like that. I have things I'm happy to see that I ended up liking. Um, so, uh, where do we go from here? Because we still got some stuff to talk about for 2021. Um, do we uh, want, we want to quickly list off the shows we had or, and then we'll wrap um, that up. Uh, how long have we been going? Um, because, okay. Oh, one for each. I guess it's yeah. long enough either way. Yeah, well, I guess I was just thinking because my TV, I'm more excited about than the movies for this year and want to give a, a fair shot. Oh, And then yes. I could bring up other, like, best ofs, um, which maybe I'll just do uh, right now. Um, All right. Uh, I was trying to think of other favorites. Um, there were a lot of uh, good video games that I uh, that came out this year, including um, like I was pleasantly surprised by the um, fourth generation Pokemon Diamond and Pearl remakes. Those were turned out to be really good, and I didn't think they would be. Um, generally, a lot of good. Nintendo uh, releases, including my number one, uh, which I, uh, in a previous comment section episode, said was probably my most anticipated game of the year, and turned out to be, yes, my favorite game of the year, Metroid Dread. Ooh, Um, boy. So good. I would say it's the most difficult video game I've ever beaten, uh, (laughs) because... Dear God, is this game absolutely brutal. Like, the final boss in this game, like, I almost didn't have hands anymore. They're almost worn down to nubs. (laughs) It's so ridiculously hard. But the result was the the absolute most pumped I've been to have beaten a video game. When (laughs) I saw that final boss finally fall, I was like, I could barely move on to the escape sequence because I was so like fist pumping in the air, excited about finally beating that godforsaken Raven on? beat. Uh, it's a Nintendo Switch game. Okay, Metroid Dread. Uh, I love that it's a side scroller. Um, Metroid started out as a side scroller game, and I feel like too many games are just like, uh, you know, like everyone kind of thinks that like games have to be like first person or like can move in all directions to be taken seriously but like no this kept it classic but the graphics were still incredibly high quality it moved snappy and and smooth and just felt good to play uh it's tied with super metroid which came out in like 1994 or something to me as the best metroid game of all time and that took a long time to get there. <laughs> so good. Um, I'm replaying on hard mode now, which I'm crazy for. Well. 
because um, it was already so just a lot of people. It's so hard. There are a lot of people like saying like you guys should patch in an easy mode because it's like too hard. <laughs> but uh, well, I did it. Um, I guess I'll also move on to. I can, sh- you know what? This will be a sneak peek into what I'm putting on my uh, Instagram at Narwhalmancer. Uh, my top 10 albums of the year. Um, I'm posting these one at a time uh, throughout. I- I'm posting these one at a time throughout the rest of the year. And for those just following on there and not listening to this podcast, you won't know what my favorite album of the year is until uh, December 31st. But uh, I'm going to quickly go through it here. Um, and I made cool graphics for it. So, oh, yes. um, uh, my number 10 is uh, an album called Garden of Burning Operations by Full of Hell. It was one of my most anticipated albums of the year, and it panned out being, like, not as good as I'd hoped, but I still really love it, so it's my number 10. This album just came out a couple weeks ago, and it's great. It might go up higher, but it's called Control My Sanity by Like Pacific. Catchy tunes. I think my number eight, I should not show or say the name of it out loud. But if you pause really quick at number eight, you can see that it has a it is a, a very blasphemous name, and it's a metal album by a band called Portrayal of Guilt. I am so excited to watch the video <laughs> version later. <laughs> I am. I'll, I'll say this: I'm going to be posting that on Instagram around Christmas, and there's a deep seated part of me that feels very guilty, but I also think it's really funny. <laughs> um, so number seven. We're in a softer place now because I had a couple metal albums. This is a, a much more uh, tranquil album uh, called Dancer by Shortly, who I believe is from Detroit, so sort of local. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, that's a, a great album. Number six, this one, at least in circles I'm in, people talking about a lot. It's Glow On by Turnstile. Uh, it's a really unique hardcore punk album, which a band like this normally wouldn't blow up but there this album is like i i think they they just recently played on one of the like tonight show type thing like one of the later show things like and they're like a hardcore punk band it's like really big for the genre but yeah it's a great album turnstile glow on uh my number five and i didn't just choose this because he has the same name as me tyler the creator <laughs> call me if you get lost um after a couple more introspective albums, he came out with an album with a ton of uh, bangers, and it's just, uh, I couldn't get enough. I just listened and re-listened to it. Uh, number four, uh, Boy Genius member Lucy Dacus comes out with the indie rock album Home Video. Um, I uh, This wasn't on my radar at all until like the day it came out, and I was obsessed with it after it came out. It's like feels nostalgic for a life you didn't live it's in the name home video it makes sense but it's the lyrics kind of like paint the these little points in time in her life and it just feels very nostalgic and comforting but also heartbreaking because nostalgia feels that way oh yes Um, every day (laughs) 
Yeah. <clears throat> Number three, the longest band name I know of, which is The World is a Beautiful <laughs> Place and I Am No Longer Afraid to Die. The album title, Illusory, Illusory Walls. I um, wonder how long it took them to come up with that name. Well, there was no editing down, so it could have been quick. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I've liked this band for a long time. They're like an emo band that comes up with... Uh, they they have song lengths to match their band name because the last two songs on this album are 15 minutes long and 19 minutes long. Uh, so there's 30 minutes of, of time just in the last two songs on this album, and there's like 11 tracks. But... Um, it doesn't ever feel like it drags on. It's uh, very captivating music, and I like... Uh, there's sort of this like dystopian, like people being exhausted by work thing that I really love. Uh, my, my favorite song, and what I ended up putting as my favorite song of the year, is Infinite Josh off this album. Now, these top two that I'm going to get into were right up at the top. I kept trying, like, teetering back and forth, trying to decide which one was my favorite album of the year. This first one, what I ended up making my number two, contains most of my most listened to songs of the year and blew me away back in April. Uh, Roadrunner by Brockhampton, <laughs> uh, which is probably the highest a hip-hop album has ever been on one of my lists. Um... How dare you diss on the hip and the hop? I'm not dissing on it. (laughs) And Brockhampton to me is... Actually, yeah, you just say it's your number two favorite. Yeah. It's just uh, Brockhampton's Saturation, which is another one of my favorite rap albums ever, came out in 2017, and that made it like up to number three on my list that year. This has made it up higher. Um, I really think they've done something here that matches up with their original Saturation trilogy run. Uh... It t- it has some more serious notes in, in softer tracks, but it also has some of the best verses on songs like Buzzcut and Windows. Um, and it also tells this really sad story. It's a big group with a lot of members, uh, and the member Joba went through something pretty traumatic, and a lot of this album is about that. And it's incredible. The lyrics are great the production is insane uh i love it but let's go to my number one which is uh the musical equivalent to the way that i always uh, often will make horror movies my number one movie of the year like when i made hereditary this, this is like the equivalent of when i made hereditary my number one movie of the year, but for music. Because so it's it not is ling- <laughs> it's Lingua Ignota's Sinner Get Ready. A harrowing like piano ballad orchestral singing album that's all about like religious trauma and like uh sort of like Protestant uh like creepy Protestant cult like religiousness in like Pennsylvania <laughs> and stuff. Uh, and th- that's like the, the top layer, but there's like, is that a thing or uh, like, oh, there's a lot of weird stuff in Pennsylvania. Well, I think it's just, uh, where she was living at the time. Oh. Uh, it's, it's a one person group. Uh, and she goes by Lingua Ignota as, as the project. Um, but, uh, it, it's really like very, um, 
intense orchestral like uh talent like like you can tell uh she was heavily musically trained but then there are songs like uh what is it i who bend the tall grasses where she's like screaming over it in a way that like beethoven would never um (laughs) (laughs) uh but it just kind of creates this claustrophobic like spooky feeling of like uh like rural christianity that uh it's very hard to explain if without hearing it but it's sort of like it's an um i would consider it similar to like rural stuff here like just midwest but because that's what i relate to but um uh it happens to be touching on like rural Pennsylvania in this album, uh, which I've never been, but, uh, um, there's like, uh, Oh, have we talked about this? Do you know the, um, the evangelist, the even evangelicalist TV guy, Jimmy Swaggart? Um, because uh, I feel like we've talked I don't about, think so, I know we've talked about no, Kenneth I, Copeland one that's, time. That's who I was thinking of. Jimmy Swaggart is that kind of guy. There are some like <laughs> clips of his speeches and stuff uh, throughout this, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like playing under the like really spooky kind of music. Um, I think that it's my my favorite song in the album. Man is like a spring flower that he's on too. It's just like playing. Uh, in the background, uh, like this clip of when he was like apologizing to the congregation for, I think, some kind of sex scandal, because of course. <laughs> oh, anyway, was that the dude who uh, who cried? Yeah, during... that's the clip. That's the clip. He's um. God forgive me. Yeah. Sin. <laughs> Yes, that's the clip too that plays in the song. Oh wow! Yeah, it's great. And uh, she actually went on uh, later this year. These are also some good things, kind of related to this album to to release um, a series of songs and uh, visual uh, some videos that were like the lyrics were basically like open letters to Jimmy Swaggart. Uh, like I, th- I think she's like kind of morbidly fascinated with him as like an interesting f- figure. Uh, so, yeah, it's really creative. It's really kind of a a masterpiece of an album. It's great. <laughs> oh um, yes, very very talented. Um. But I'd love to get on to the final segment of this particular episode, which is our yes. best TV of 2021, which yes. is what I'm more excited about because I saw a lot of great TV this year where I didn't oh, see that yes. many movies. There are like five things listed. How many did you have? I have three like best top, like amazing, but I have six. I have three that I could bring up quickly. So we could go back and forth. Oh, if okay. I start, um, I guess the first thing I'll bring up is, uh, 
I also have, uh, in in addition to like uh, uh, <laughs> rural Christianity creepiness, I also have a fascination <laughs> with um, pyramid schemes, multi level marketing schemes. Oh yes, uh, the Lula Rich documentary. I don't know if you've seen it. Is really I don't interesting. Think I have. It's a documentary about LuLaRoe, which is a pyramid scheme. That is actually maybe the closest thing. If we're going to get sued for something, that might actually be the thing. Is saying <laughs> just, yeah, LuLaRoe is a pyramid scheme. Hopefully the lawyers won't make it this far in the video. Oh, no. Uh, They've checked out by now. Yeah. But it's so interesting. Uh, the uh, people who run it are so insane uh truly like uh, i mean i can't even like i keep explaining it to people like the way that you thought that like tiger king had really interesting characters they're like i can't believe people are actually like this to a lesser extent the owners of lularoe and some of the family members are (laughs) in a different way just unbelievable um yeah and so it's a straight up pyramid scheme that they call i mean yeah it sometimes gets renamed to multi-level marketing and i thought it was fascinating and i watched it twice i think my only critique is that i don't think it it, it paints the higher-ups that were below the like ceos as kind of being these heroic whistleblowers when like they also manipulated and hurt a bunch of people <laughs> to get that high in the pyramid scheme. So <laughs> basically everyone in this documentary sucks because yes. they all except for the people behind the camera. People. Yeah, they're just documenting it. Yes. Uh it's a Did bunch it of people who scam a, people. Uh, was it like Tiger King where it started out as just something about them and then over time it just shifted into a pyramid scheme story no i i think i think that they probably did the documentary knowing that like this is a crazy pyramid scheme and we have to like this is interesting and based on some of the interviews from the the founders i think that they like narcissistically thought like we're going to get on top of this and explain it's not a pyramid scheme because they did a lot of talking about like uh, they tried to bring up a lot how it's not a pyramid scheme uh, in a very unconvincing way. But um, obviously the way it was edited together and uh, the order of things, I mean, there's no way to make it not seem like a pyramid scheme. It's blatant. Uh, and they're buried in lawsuits to where they're not going to last much longer if they still exist at all but yeah really fascinating stuff i would throw oh, yes. it in the true crime section they would sue me for saying that well, too, what is but it on it, is it on netflix or it's uh on uh amazon prime i think okay which is you know ironic because that's also you know, something with a huge wealth gap but <laughs> um but yeah solid documentary I'm smart too. Yes, we are like the people who uh, donate to PBS for those tote bags. Yeah. We are the smart, high class intellectuals. Yeah. Oh yeah, and this is—it's in the TV section because it's a mini series. It's not a single feature-length oh, yes. documentary. It's like Jose likes to prefer refer to it as limited series. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so that's my number. 
Will I put it in this order? I will. I'll, you know, I'll say it's an order. Okay. It's my number six. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, do you want to give us the first one for you? Sure. <clears throat> These really aren't in order. They're yeah, mine aren't either. Shout I just... outs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although, I'll say my last thing, which is my favorite thing to come out in 2021. Yeah, that's kind of how I'm looking at it, too. I've got a yeah, list, and so, I have a favorite. I mentioned it last year. I gotta say it again, especially because of how much I hate Space Jam. The Looney Tunes cartoon show on HBO Max is so great. Like I said, I think, last year, it really captures the spirit of the Looney Tunes. It feels just like those classic shorts, except now... Um, the animation and color looks so much better, but great job it is easily one of my favorite um, cartoons on TV right now. And I just thought that I just think this show nails it so perfectly about doing new Looney Tunes shorts. Yeah. So they did a far better job, far better than uh, the Space Jam people who just thought, oh, just throw some slapstick in and. Um, that's good enough. And I do think, as much as I liked the previous show called New Looney Tunes, this one just does it so much better. Like, there's more of an intelligence in here than uh, that show was. Even though I like it, but just this one was far superior. So, great yeah. voice acting, great writing, great anim- great looking animation all around. It was nice to see how they brought back the classic character designs. So, yeah. Overall, it's a great show. It might be my favorite show being made for HBO Max right now, which is my favorite streaming service. It's easily HBO Max. Like, if I had to rank my top three, it's HBO Max, Disney Plus, and Tubi. Uh, do we want to move on to, to my next one, which is uh, equally whimsical and cartoonish? Yes, let us move on to your next thing. Because uh, mine is the true crime documentary about the murderer the night stalker <laughs> oh wow. uh, quite whimsical indeed uh, yeah one of the most effed up serial killers truly in just every of the most depraved ways but yeah this is a documentary called night stalker i think netflix but um i i actually kind of forgot a, like a, about it a little this year but when i was looking at movie uh tv that had come out this year i remembered it and i was like it's a serial killer uh that i already knew a lot about and read a lot about but like it's probably one of the best made documentary series about that particularly so if you want to be real bummed out and to hear the incredible story of his capture which is really uh satisfying uh then watch it oh yes he was chased down by an angry mob that's why it's awesome. really <laughs> yeah <laughs> so there's that little spoiler of just history um, well if it's history is it a spoiler anymore it's not, your it's fault not. For not knowing it's not uh, yeah uh so yeah that's all i have to say about that it's uh a solid documentary series Oh, yes. The Night Stalker. Sounds like a fun time. When did you not. watch it? At night? 
Probably. I don't know. <laughs> and you were okay, like, all right, he's dead now, luckily. But I'm used to that. I wonder if he, I think he is dead. Let yeah, check. I looked it up. He died oh, in 2013. Okay. Got it, got it, yeah. I knew it wasn't like that long ago. But yeah, he died in prison. Um, yes. But there are other bad people out there, so we can never be feel safe. Uh, exactly. What is your next one? Some well, cool, like... this is something that a revival, uh, something I thought we'd never see again. It's another animation thing. Mm-hmm. No, like every few years we get a new Looney Tunes thing. We get a new Scooby-Doo thing or a new Mickey Mouse thing. I had kind of come to accept that because of legal things, because you need Steven Spielberg involved, mm-hmm. we were never going to get another thing with the Animaniacs. But then right. Hulu brought it back, and I bought the first three episodes on iTunes because I don't have... Well, I did get the Black Friday deal for Hulu for a year. So, did you see that Black Friday deal? Or do you, uh, you already have Hulu probably, right? You know, it's interesting because I couldn't log in today, so part of me is wondering if it ran out. There's a uh, Well, it's too late for the Black Friday deal. Yeah, it was... What was the um, Black Friday deal? For one year, you can get it for $0.99 cents a month. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> I must have it, though, actually, because I just realized my next one I watched on Hulu. So, uh, <laughs> yes. I, I don't want, I'm not going to lose Hulu. I I'm not going to give it up. I'm going to keep Hulu's it. Hulu's my new favorite. Uh, Hulu, like honestly, every time I look up something to see where it's at, it's always Hulu. It's never yeah. Netflix. It's yeah. always on Hulu. I've still like Netflix puts out still some of my favorite stuff. Like I said, Bo Burnham's Inside and Bad Trip were on Netflix, but like there's a lot of crap on there. So yes, uh, yeah. So. I, I never thought we were going to see the Animaniacs again, and I did. And I just remember watching it, and like the opening scene, because I'll be, I'll be honest, I was a little nervous, because it's like, can they recapture that magic from the 90s? Mm-hmm. And they did, and it was great. Like, honestly, it felt like, besides some modern references... It felt like these were episodes that they found in a vault that they never released from the 90s. Like, it was great. Um, They did such a great job with the writing. I am so glad. Like, I'd like to see some of the other characters return, like uh, Slappy Squirrel or the three... Oh, they were the Good Feathers. Um, But I'm so glad that besides the Warner siblings, they also brought back Pinky and the Brain. So yeah. that was great to see. They changed up the theme song to like they even make fun of the fact that they were from the nineties and they're being brought back now because Hollywood has run out of ideas. Yeah. So yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I was so happy. I've only seen the first three episodes, but now that I got Hulu. I got twenty three new ones to go through, which I never thought I would see. Like. Well, awesome. I always know we're yeah. going to get new Looney Tunes, we're going to get new Scooby-Doo, we're going to get new Batman. I never thought we'd get new Looney Tunes, and now we're going to get new Tiny Tunes, which is exciting. But I I just am so surprised over how great a job they did capturing that original show. Yeah. I mean, great, yeah. Uh, 
Looney Tunes, Animaniacs, great stuff. Um, so for my next one, uh, which I, uh, yeah, I tend I tend to watch on Hulu, but it is a series that I keep bringing up as one of my favorite running series. It's on FX. What we do in the shadows. Season three came out this year, over October. Um, I didn't uh, watch it um, live, but I would watch it like the the next day on Hulu. Um, this is maybe this is this is such a good show. This is maybe my least favorite season so far. One and two are incredible, uh, but it's still so good. It's still funny. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a office style mockumentary series about vampires. What's <laughs> oh yes, it's 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 great. Um, really interesting stuff they're doing with the characters uh, this season. It's been renewed for season four. Uh, I think actually season four might have just finished filming. So continu- oh, wow. I'm continuing to get a show that's actually just coming out that I like uh, and isn't over. Uh, so that's all I have to say about about that one. Do you know, I think I meant to mention this in one episode and it just got derailed. Since I started watching Curb Your Enthusiasm, mm-hmm. it's the first sitcom I've watched that's currently being made since The Office ended in 2013. Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's... That might be me with What We Do in the Shadows. Because, um, yeah, all the sitcoms I watch and rewatch are all over. <laughs> yes. And I can't even watch the new episodes because I'm, like, six years behind. Yeah. But... Got a lot of catching up to do. Yes. I will say, this one, uh, for the most part with TV, I, the things that I'm talking about, um, they've all came out this year, started this year, and in all but this and the next case, they're going to... Con- uh, and most of them are limited series that are done now. Uh, and it's just 2021, so 2021 pure. This is the only one that like existed before 2021. But hey, this new season came out this year, and it's good. Oh yes. All right, so I guess I'll jump over to my next one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just I gotta give a shout out. Look, it's a show that's been on for 30 years. But this year, it just felt like they had a really strong year this year. And that is, this year, we had another great year of The Simpsons. And it's the only show I watch when it airs nowadays. Like mm-hmm. like Superman Lois or The Flash, I'll watch them on demand later. But The Simpsons is like the one show I watch when it airs. Yeah. And I just felt like this year... They had such a really strong year of like great writing, great stories. So, not much to say, That's but because there wasn't like a whole season arc where I can remember it all. But yeah, but this year they had a really they can strong still put year. Out good stuff. Yeah. Speaking of catching up to do, not that I need to, but <laughs> that's a lot of season. I, I I've I think I've watched seasons two, three, and four of the of the Simpsons now. Maybe. Yes, it's um, nice because you can just pop it on any time. Yeah. 
and I'm, I still have ahead of me a lot of the stuff that people say is the best. So, Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I constantly think of, uh, I think my favorite episode uh, so far in like kind of experiencing it for the first time has to be the uh, one of the Halloween episodes with the, the monkey paw one. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think my favorite, um, cause yeah, you said you saw season four, right? Yeah, I, I think I'm, one of my favorite Halloween segments they did was the evil Krusty doll. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. You know what? I recently found out. So on the Simpsons, we've had how many episodes has it been? Let me look up. I think it's over seven hundred. <sighs> That's a lot. Let's see. The Simpsons. Oh my god, I almost forgot one of the worst things to come out this year. Oh no. <laughs> Do you remember Disney Plus Day? Kind of. Where they released a bunch of stuff? Yeah. They released I kind of do. a Simpsons Disney Plus <laughs> short. It was Disney's version of Space Jam A New Legacy. Yuck. <laughs> it was literally Homer bumping into a bunch of Disney, Star Wars, Pixar, Marvel characters, and them singing about how great Disney Plus is. And I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> that sounds awful. It's like the worst thing they've ever done. And I was like, ugh, what kind of garbage propaganda is this? Yeah. Like, it was so bad. I hated yeah. it so much. But, okay, they've had 716 episodes. Truly so many. <laughs> yes. There are only four episodes of the entire series I don't like. Oh, that's way better than I would have thought. <laughs> yes. Um, one was the dish rag episode. Um, Mo has a dish rag that comes to life or something, and it gives like its whole life story. It's really dumb. <laughs> I've, I've, it's literally the only one from reruns I skip watching. Like I just oh. is so. So would you say that's the worst episode? Yes, I would say that's the worst episode of the series. Like it's so oh. boring. Yeah. Uh, two are two are two parter. It's like what they did a parody of the Great Gatsby. Oh. And. Like, I watch and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on throughout this whole episode. Like, it's not <laughs> funny. It's just a bunch of random scenes that feel weird. Yeah. And one of the four, that is the only four I don't like, I found out, is from season four, and some people consider it the show's best. Really? Yeah, let me, because I rewatched it recently. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I remember why I don't like this episode. Yeah. I'm curious it is... if I've seen it. Let me remember. Let's see. I know what. Like I rewatched it. And I just don't like. Like there are a few good scenes, but overall, I just don't like it. Oh, is the episode "Last Exit to Springfield"? That sounds familiar. It's the one where Lisa needs braces. Where like a uh, Homer yeah. talks about um. Like, there's this long shot scene of Homer and Line, and they're talking about giving up their dental plan, and it goes, um, here, Lane goes, dental plan! And Marge goes, Lisa needs braces! And keeps going, like, for, like, a minute or something. Dental plan! Lisa needs braces! Dental plan! Lisa needs braces! Some people think it's, like, the funniest thing I've ever done. I'm like, this isn't funny. This is, (laughs) this was okay once, but now you're milking it. Yeah. 
Oh. It yeah, just I, like, I remember that episode, but not very well. Like, honestly, I've rewatched that episode a lot, and I'm always just like, I don't remember what happens. And I always remember it ends on such a weird note. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's... Some people, like, um... Yeah, on Wikipedia it says... Last Exit to Springfield received widespread acclaim from both fans and critics and has frequently been cited as one of the best episodes of the entire series. It is one of the four that I don't like. <laughs> That's interesting. Yes. <coughs> it also has a reference to Tim Burton's Batman. Oh. Where Lisa gets the braces and you see a shot of her hand say, Mirror. Mirror! And then the dentist hands her the mirror. She looks at it and starts laughing and smashes it. <laughs> but yes, but overall, they had a strong year this year. That's, I mean, yeah, great. After so long. Yes. Uh, so uh, <clears throat> my next one might be the newest thing uh, because it's a brand new epic huge massive scale fantasy television series that i think started maybe in november uh the last episode of this season isn't even out yet it looks like it comes out on december 24th but it is uh something i talked about really anticipating and i'm so happy to say it's really good the wheel of time uh, adapted from uh, Robert Jordan's book series, uh, of which I've only read the first book. But off of that, um, I think there's a little bit of trying to make another fantasy series happen to build off the success of Game of Thrones. I was never interested in Game of Thrones. Wheel of Time is much more the type of fantasy that I like. I mean, it's more like Lord of the Rings than Game of Thrones is. Uh, Why weren't you interested in Game of Thrones? It's like too... It's like... fan. I think people say this a lot, but it's like fantasy for people who don't like fantasy, and I like (laughs) fantasy. So it it just feels a little bit too dreary and like... I don't know. I don't want all the freaking incest and murders and stuff i don't oh yeah don't isn't there a lot of incest in that show there's a lot of incest (laughs) uh i just i watched a few episodes and i just started developing this like edgy non-conformist vendetta against it because i like the cool real fantasy and all you losers like game of thrones which (laughs) sucks it doesn't i've seen two episodes i'm like eh I didn't see what the big deal was. It's the first two episodes were so hard to get through to me. I don't know. I love fantasy, but that like fa- like like Lord of the Rings is exciting. Um, <laughs> it's it it makes you feel joy at least a little bit at the beginning of of it, um, and then it gets serious. Like every um, day, every time you see an image from Game of Thrones, it looks like it's about to rain or something. Yeah, it's way, way too serious. It's basically like I would say the reason why I don't like it is because, like, like I said, I'm a I'm a Spider Man fan. The, the uh, Game of Thrones is like if they made Man of like it's Man of Steel. It's like uh, dark <laughs> Zack Snyder, dark, and I'm not about it. 
uh, I will say the first episode of Wheel of Time is a roller coaster, and part of me almost feels like they upped up some of the gore and drama of the book to sort of like get some Game of Thrones audience. I don't know. It was like way crazier and darker than I remember the book being at the beginning. Uh, just a massive slaughter. Uh, but it was a very good like first episode getting you to go, whoa, I'm watching now. Uh, and episode two was great. I w- like episode two is really what sold me. Episode two is really, really awesome. And uh, you know, I mean, it's awesome. I, lo- I love the characters in this and the casting. Um, I think that's the other thing I, I like once the series, I think it really hits its stride in the second episode when it's the main crew, uh, these people here. And, uh, yeah, super, super well done. I'm, I'm I'm excited to continue it. And the last episode of the season comes out, uh, in three days. Oh, yes. And then I'm pretty sure it's, it's renewed. I think there's going to be more. So speaking of fantasy stuff, Mm -hmm. are you excited for the game of, I mean, not the game of, the Lord Lord of the the Rings TV show? Uh, that's uh, on my uh, upcoming, and it might have been last year too. I'm basically excited. I like. I'm excited that it is not just trying. It's it's not the books. It's it's prequel. Um. So yeah, I'm pretty excited. Is it canon to the movies then, or? I mean, like I think it's. I think it's supposed to be. I don't know enough. Or is so, it like but, an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. type situation where it's like, whatever, you can choose to count it if you want. I think it's like canon to Tolkien lore and the movies, but like I, I'm guessing it happens far enough away to where I I, I would put a 0% chance on like anyone from the movies being in it. At least I hope to God not after The Hobbit became an absolutely pointless like collection of people you recognize. <laughs> but uh Didn't you like the first Hobbit or something? Or I liked the second one quite a bit, but the thing is then I was brought to my attention that the awful like melted gold scene is in that movie, which I totally forgot about. There's a scene where the dwarves are like surfing on melted gold. Uh and it's it it's some of the worst like CGI I've seen in a major movie and it's a really bad scene that I've locked out of my memory. Other than that, it's really, uh, that second movie is by far the best in the Hobbit trilogy. And, uh, many parts of it stack up to Lord of the Rings. Um, so it's not like the Hobbit is your star Wars prequels. It's not that bad at all to me. (laughs) A lot of people would maybe say that it's not that bad at all to me it's just more like really sad what it could have been um because the Guillermo del Toro passion project that was just going to be one movie and kind of a more down-to-earth hobbit thing and not tied into the uh other movie trilogy that's exactly what I want but then it got caught up in this just wildfire of strange like uh isn't the book really short oh yeah it's it's shorter 
it's basically like a children's book version of Lord of the Rings. I mean, it's like maybe 200 pages or something, but it's way shorter than any single book from Lord of the Rings. And, uh, yeah. The Hobbit could be an hour and a half long movie. And the Lord of the Rings can barely be a, a 12 hour long. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> long. So that makes sense. But, yeah. Wheel of Time, uh, getting back to that for a second, is uh, 14 books. Uh, oh. <laughs> and they finished up sometime in maybe the 2010s. But, uh, so I, I do sincerely hope that this show continues on and I get to see the whole arc. Uh, I have, like I said, I've only read the first book, but maybe I'll read it alongside the releases um, and I'll have something to look forward to for years. What I don't know, and I've been afraid to look, I haven't looked up any opinions on this. I just wanted to (laughs) form my own opinion. I do know that fantasy fans, I'm pretty sure some ratings, I'm guessing it's getting... I'm my guess is it's getting review bombed by some shady people as a lot of things like this do. Oh yes. Uh but I I it's a really good show. It's a really well done adaption. Oh yes. Now before we move on, I do have to ask. Cause we are recording this before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And uh you are a big Lord of the Rings fan. Have yes. you ever seen the animated versions by Rankin Bass, who made the Rudolph specials and Frosty no. the Snowman? No? We should watch that for a special sometime. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have a bad reputation? or? I Yeah, I think they're supposedly awful. Oh. Um, <laughs> I've, well. Like, the animation is terrible. It's like, uh, it's like a straight-to-DVD animation. Obviously not. DVD, but it has that vibe of like a fifth Disney sequel. Well, I, at least they had Rudolph. <laughs> yeah. If I'm thinking of, I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure there's only other one Lord of the Rings adaption I can think of. And it's the one where Gollum is a weird, like blue thing and stuff. Um, oh, <laughs> all right. So I guess I'll go on my second and last yeah, thing now for sure. Because I just want to talk about the journey I had with this show. Because it was quite the journey. So, we talked about... We even talked about the trailer when season one came out. The first season of Titans. Remember Titans? With the F Batman. Yeah. Yes. So, and I liked Titans. Uh, I liked season one. I really liked season two a lot more. Some people like... Most people I heard like the first season more, but I prefer season two. And that mm-hmm. one, we were introduced to Ian Glenn's Bruce Wayne, who I thought did a really good job. I think, unfortunately, there are some people who kind of discount his performance because he's not your typical Batman. And unlike a M- Michael Keaton or Ben Affleck, where it might seem odd at first... Those two you actually see in the suit versus they can't put him in the suit because it's a TV show. So mm-hmm. whenever I like hear people talk about this, I can't see this dude being Batman. I'm just like, well, I mean, I think 
he does show like he plays Batman. He just can't be in the suit. Like people would be, be people would be saying the same thing if Michael Keaton was playing Bruce Wayne on that show for the first time. Mm-hmm. Like, but overall, I thought he's done a very good job. So I was very excited for season three, which was going to adapt the Under the Red Hood storyline, which is. Up there with Mask of the Phantasm as one of the best animated Batman movies of all time. Sweet. So, I saw the trailer, and I was like, oh, that's the direction you're going in? Mm -hmm. And I watched the episode, and I was like, oh my god, I think this show just jumped the shark. Oh. So, in the episode, just like in the comic book storyline... Jason Todd, the second Robin, because Dick Grayson's now Nightwing, mm-hmm. is murdered by the Joker. And we have a few shots about like Dick showing concern for Bruce because he's kind of burying his emotions. And there's a scene where they meet Barbara Gordon, who's now the commissioner because her dad died. Barbara Gordon, the former Batgirl, is now commissioner. And you see the three together at Wayne Manor, which was so nice to see, because it's the first time since 97 we saw Batman, Robin, and Batgirl together, even though they weren't in the suits. Mm-hmm. And they get into an argument, and Barbara says that you're just as crazy as the Joker to Bruce. And she leaves, and Dick is trying to defend him. Then, later in the Batcave, um... Dick finds out that Bruce is looking for a replacement for Jason and gets confronted. And Ian Glenn, in this scene, Ian Glenn gives one, like, this season he did such a great job. It is, like, one of those honest performances ever where you see, like, um, Dick is confronting Bruce about replacing Jason so fast. And you see this, this Ian Glenn who's playing, like, He's playing Bruce, but he's playing a broken Bruce who just had his son died, and he has like almost a tear in his eye, and he's like to Dick, you you want to be Robin again? Like he's begging him to be Robin again. Mm-hmm. And then it, like Dick's like, No, I don't want to be Robin again. And Bruce is like, Dick, I can't do this alone. And Dick says, Then don't do it anymore, Bruce, because you are just as crazy as the Joker. Which obviously, look. Obviously, he doesn't really feel like that, but when someone dies, emotions are high. Yeah. But then we get to the end of the episode, and I was like, oh my god, did they just jump the shark? (sighs) It is where Dick Grayson is sleeping in his old room at Wayne Manor, and we hear a thud, a metal thud, and there's a bloody crowbar on the ground. And you see Bruce standing there just saying, he... He started it, I ended it, and Dick's like, ended what, Bruce? And then we, and then he's talking about, but do you know that even, he was laughing even as I caved in his skull. So Bruce killed the Joker with a crowbar. Uh. And then he goes, um, it's over for me, it's over. The city is yours now, be a better Batman. And he just walks and leaves, and Dick runs out of the house and has no idea where he is. Oh. So in the season premiere, we have a Batman who's murdered the Joker and has now abandoned Gotham City. Yeah. To which I'm just like, oh my god. Did... First of all, I'm like, did they really just do this? And then I'm like, oh my god. Did we actually get something worse than The Dark Knight Rises? 
Because, yes, they both abandoned Gotham City, which was a jerk move to do. But at least... Bale's Bruce was at least just an a-hole. He didn't just murder the Joker (laughs) and become a murderer and leave. Yeah. So... I'm like, I am so done with this show. But then I see the HBO, they have a coming this season on Titans. Mm -hmm. And they show a glimpse of Bruce. Because at first I thought they did that to write him out of the show because the Batman movie was coming Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I thought they were taking him out of the show. Yeah. But we see a clip of Bruce. I'm like, all right, I'll watch it till we see that scene. So every time there's a new episode, I keep checking to see if he's in it. Mm Mm-hmm. And episode five, I find that he's in it because they had early reviews saying that he steals the show in that episode. Yeah. But it was a flashback episode, so it almost doesn't count. Yeah. But, oh my god. That flashback episode, for what was a rough season, was like the best episode they've ever done. Wow. And it really... You know what? Like, sometimes Titans can get... Like, I enjoy Titans for what it is. But it kind of gets tired of, like, the super R-rated violence or the F... (laughs) Dropping the F-bomb every other sentence. Like, Mm -hmm. there is a scene, and everyone online afterwards were like, why couldn't this, the whole season, be like this episode? There's a scene where Bruce takes Jason, because it's a flashback, to where his parents were murdered. And tells him, like, uh, this city can break you. And tells him he doesn't want him to be Robin anymore. And then, like, there's this great scene where um, Bruce says, you don't have to be Robin to be my son. And it was just great. That episode, I was just like, anyone who ever had any doubts about Ian Glenn's Batman, they went away. Like, he did such a great job in that episode and overall the whole season. But it was a flashback episode. So, does it really count? So, I keep looking, and I keep on seeing that he has cameos throughout the season. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, are they going to fix this? And then the next episode, well, not next episode, I think towards the end of the season, we only get Bruce for for two scenes in one episode. At the beginning, he's writing up his will. Okay. At the end, he is pouring gasoline into this like, vacation house he owns, and setting it on fire to kill himself. Because he failed Jason. I'm like, what is going on, guys? Like, where are you going with this? Yeah. And he gets saved at the last minute by, um, Wonder Girl, who's Wonder Woman's sidekick. Right. And then we get the season finale, and I know that Bruce is supposed to appear in the episode, and he doesn't pop up until the end. And it's him at Wayne Manor, which has pretty much been destroyed be it by uh, Jason, who was the villain of the season, and Scarecrow. And um, we get it where, like, um, Dick is kind of standing over, like, hey, Bruce, next time you decide to leave town, don't. Like, guys, you never made us think he was going to come back. Yeah, that yeah, completely yeah. changes the season. Yeah, And then he, at the end... Uh, Bruce and Dick are talking, and it, um, Dick says, look, we've all made mistakes, but this is a new beginning for us all. I'm just like, that was like the perfect way 
to end the season because it was like you broke it, but at the end you put it back together again, yeah. so it's fine. Okay, and yeah. like at the end, like some people will probably still be upset that Bruce killed the Joker, but I gotta say, and I don't know this, but at the end of this in the season finale, the Titans release an aerosol version of the Lazarus Pit, which brings people back to life. Who's to say one of the people that wasn't brought back was the Joker? So, it was like 12 episodes. I was just like, oh my god, they jumped the shark, but Bruce is going to be in here, so I need to see how this ends. Mm -hmm. And at the end, I was like, oh, they fixed it. Interesting. Well, I guess I'll have to rewatch it again and not hate watch it this time. (laughs) So, yeah, that was the journey of Titans this year. Would have been nice to enjoy it the yeah, first time around, but at yeah. least this new viewing, I've been. I yeah. think I'm on episode four, watching it again. I'm like, okay, I know where they're going this time. Yeah, that always helps. Yeah. Yes. Right. Um. So for my, uh, how many do you have left? I have two. Left. I have one. Okay, so that we're on. The, okay, so my two that I have left. Uh. uh this is to me the the climax of my list because these are my two favorite <laughs> things that came out this year in terms of movies and TV. Um, and I could go either way on which one is my favorite thing that is released this year, um, but I've chosen this order. Uh, so right now I'm going to talk about an incredible mini these are both on netflix by the way oh yes uh, give them that plug yeah they need it um uh but yeah this one is i mean you couldn't escape it it's one of the most talked about shows of the year oh man i hope i heard about this <laughs> for good I reason like a fool. it's okay if you didn't but i do think it might be one of the most talked about shows of the year. Like, in a way that I'm pretty sure SNL does skits on it and stuff. Um, Squid Game. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, so, sigh of relief. I haven't yeah. seen it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, Squid Game is a Korean drama miniseries. Uh, was so it subtitled, or is it dubbed uh, over? You can watch it either way. I watched it subtitled. I've heard terrible things about the dub and that you should, like, that it's... Uh, really badly done, but uh, you yeah, know what I, I really appreciate about subtitles now, well, how they have a little black bar behind it now, so it's easier to read. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of quality of life stuff uh, options these days. You can customize it on Netflix. So oh, you can. No, yeah, pretty sure. So it's no big deal. Um, but yeah, it's a Korean language, uh, Korean made uh, series uh, that is sort of it's a it's the Hunger Games genre kind of thing, which is mo- what most people would just think going into it. This is uh, one of the most creative and compelling versions of that kind of thing, though, to me. Uh, basically, uh, there is this way on an island in the mountains, like, secret organization that 
does this thing where they round up people who are like at their wits end like they're they don't have any money they're like maybe addicted to gambling or they're extremely in debt like people who they think that society might not miss or like uh people they think will be willing to do something really crazy for some money so they round up 456 people number them and put them on on suits uh these people like agreed to go to it without really knowing what they're getting into but then they're like knocked out and they wake up in this massive like warehouse room with a bunch of bunk beds and they are uh, basically stuck in the squid games and all of these masked people are kind of uh you know uh uh militaristically uh getting them to go from one game to the next um and the most iconic one that everyone keeps referencing is this one in this image here, which is they play, uh, it, it, some of the games don't translate exactly, but this game is closest to red light, green light. Like the, they're all like <laughs> children's games. Um, and basically all of these I people, I dread seeing the episode of red Rover. <laughs> yeah. They don't, they, they actually don't do that. A lot of them you've never heard of cause they're um uh korean oh yeah uh so yeah um yeah but this is basically like they're just like hey you're gonna just play a game of red light green light they're like okay that's easy and it's for like uh you know 45 billion dollars and they're like oh (laughs) uh turns out Everyone who loses and moves when uh, they say red light and there's any movement is gunned down. Oh, wow. So then it's that like, oh, this is, this is real. It's a, it's a slaughter. Yes. Uh, and I'll, I'll leave it at that uh, from there. But there's about five or six games. And really, at its core, this is more about, like, income disparity and like why people get the way they are in like get to where they are in society to where they're so desperate and uh what wanting money does to people uh so it's got a lot to say about that and i think that's why it's such a revered show from this year and it completely deserves it because it's fantastic squid game Oh, yes, the game of the squid. Yeah. All right, so I'll bring up my last TV show. And it's one that I'm trying to find a good picture real quick. Oh, I guess I'll do this. Let's see. Uh, There we go. So, oh, that's a kind of crappy photo. Okay, um... All right, so my last one is one that... Oh, my God, all these pictures suck. They're so <laughs> crappy when I open them in a new tab. They get so just distorted. Okay. Oh, my... That one's even worse. Holy crap. <laughs> okay, well... Search, search for yes. just large pictures. <laughs> That's yes. what I always do. 
All right, so let's see. All right, I guess I'll just do this one. All right, so my number one is one that, whatever, is good enough. It's one that we've talked about before. It's one I've been clamoring for for years, and it is Superman and Lois. Yes, that's right. Um, For years, I've been wanting a show about Tyler Hecklin's Superman. That's right, guys. I found out from the Supergirl series finale special they did that for um, five years now I've been mispronouncing his last name. But I don't care. This show has been so... Team gain him his own Superman show. I don't. It's good enough that we said that. Mm-hmm. But whatever we for years been saying, I want this show. I want this show, and it finally happened. So good enough. But yes, for years we've been wanting it, and then well, it actually was fall 2019. We got the news they were developing it, and in February we got to see the pilot, and it is. For me, tied with the Smallville pilot is the greatest TV pilot I've ever seen. Um, the show has shown to me that Tyler Hecklin and Elizabeth Tulock are tied with Christopher Reeve, Margot Kidder, and Tom Welling, Erica Durrance as my favorite actors to play Superman and Lois Lane. They just did such a great job this season. And... This show really brought Superman back to where he needed to be because, like, when we started doing this show, like, end of the year, we were talking about Justice League, and, like, man, Superman is in trouble now. And now he is, I think most people will agree, unless you like Spider-Man more, that Superman Lois was, at minimum, the best TV superhero show that came out this year. I would say it's the best superhero thing that came out this year. It was so great. And there were so many, like, there was so much stuff I wasn't expecting that just elevated the show to another level. Um, The finale is my favorite episode of the show. It comes back Mm -hmm. January 11th. I'm so excited. And I had high expectations for this show. And it went above and beyond. And I'm not sure, but season one may be my favorite episode, maybe my favorite season of superhero television ever made. Like, (laughs) I know I like season one of Superman Lois more than I like season one of Arrow and the Flash. But it may be the best se- uh, season of superhero television I've ever seen. So, wow. Yeah, Superman Lois was my favorite thing to come out in 2021. Yeah. Uh, I have no justification for why I haven't finished it. What I've seen of it was <laughs> truly so good. Yes. And it only gets better. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Not surprised and well-deserved. Oh, yes. Kind of thing. Um, yeah, my, uh, last thing I'm going to bring up, I said it was, I'll go ahead and say this is my favorite thing that came out this year. I mean, it's, it's basically tied with Squid Game, but 
I mean, this has got a, a place in my heart because it is a continuation. Well, it's not really a continuation of anything. It's just another Netflix Mike Flanagan horror miniseries. And that is, of course, Midnight Mass. <laughs> uh, this is a series, right? Yes. Eight or nine episodes or something. Um, I mean, this is everything I love about The oh, Haunting the of Hill House. The Haunting Hill yeah, House. And The Haunting of Bly Manor. Again, uh, when this was, I, I actually, I didn't watch this right away because part of like the fact that it didn't have the haunting in it kind of like brought it off my radar. And when I was finally <laughs> like recalibrated and was like, no, this is the next like Mike Flanagan Netflix horror miniseries. It's going to be amazing. And I watched it. I was like, it's very much, it's, it's like anthology. It has a lot of the same actors, uh, coming back uh but playing different roles it's a totally new story um it's really one of my favorite t- storytelling devices ever which is that you set something in a very small town like this is like all the characters in the show are all of the citizens of this tiny island town so you know everyone on the island through the whole thing and you start seeing absolutely everyone's stories on the island uh, in particular with like the main main characters, you're seeing where they got to where they are, why they have the flaws that they have. Um, so it's really about the characters more than anything. And the fact that it is a horror series and a certain genre of horror series that I think is a, a spo- I had no idea what the scary thing was going into this. And, uh, I mean, it's awesome. Uh, I didn't expect it, but, um, I just like with Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor, there's like no horror things that have characters you care about as much as these. Uh, but basically the, the, the general gist of the show, just as an introductory for people to watch it, um, there's this tiny island and a bunch of people who lived there, uh, many people for their entire lives and generations of people have just lived on this island. They they, they don't, like, like, leave or see the rest of the world much. They're kind of secluded. Uh, but pretty much everyone there is highly religious, uh, Catholic. Uh, just my number one things were both, like, commentary on religion. It's kind of... Uh, anyway... <laughs> uh, <laughs> So it, it's like uh, this highly Catholic island. Everyone religiously goes to church. And basically the inciting... There's weird stuff happening on the island. Uh, I won't get into specifically, but people are like, what is going on? But then maybe the weirdest thing is one day uh, everyone goes to church and uh, a totally different guy than their regular... Uh, pastor shows up like the guy who walks in isn't the like 80 something year old like uh pastor who's been the pastor for their entire lives so this other guy walks in and everyone's like what who are you and then he's just like uh the the you uh the regular guy couldn't be here and he <laughs> sent me to replace him 
And so the the show kind of starts off with like, who is this guy that just showed up on this island that no one knows? Like everyone knows everyone in this in this town, and this guy shows up. Uh, oh yes, this guy, of course, the little uh, little beaver neck collar here. thing. Yeah, that's that's the the, the pastor guy. Um, and it kind of starts from there and goes into a lot of unexpected places and uh, freaking wild ride last episode too. Oh yes. So I think that's it for our best of 2021. I think both of us said we like the TV stuff the the best. Yeah, Midnight Mass, uh, close second, if not tied Squid Game, are my two favorite things to have come out this year. There we go for this. I mean, we, we kind of fell down the rabbit hole a bit. I mean, at some points. It's a, it was a lot to talk about. There's less time to really get into a rabbit hole. We yes. started off with one. But, um, yeah, there we just got to end it. We got to the, the peak of the top of the top. Yes. Favorite things that came out this year. Check out uh, Midnight Mass. Check out Superman and Lois. You're an idiot if you haven't watched that whole thing exactly. yet. Exactly. Especially now when you can see the extended cuts. Right. On the CW app and HBO Max. So, please... It comes back January 11th. That's not that's not them sponsoring us. That's me telling you for free. Yeah, it's all free. Yes. Um, so thanks for listening uh, to the last episode of the year, as always. Oh, yes. Uh, it's been a long ride. but Yes, full of plot twists, too. Twists and turns and tumbles down that rabbit hole.